comedian prankster Skylar Stone. His new movie, Walking with Dinosaurs, is in theaters December 20th. And please, go to BurtBurtBurt.com, pre-order my book, Life of the Party, and get a Murdered Out Machine shirt! This is The Burtcast. No, 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 you can totally press the video. Yeah, just pull that towel over it. I've been working out with weights. Guys in the man cave. Ryan Sickler's still here. He's walking out shortly. He's got to go, but Skylar Stone. I'm walking out with dinosaurs. Walking with dinosaurs. <laughs> Wait, are we already going? Yeah, we're recording. Get a microphone, man. Go pee. Okay. Yeah, Skylar's going to go, though. Oh, just pee. Hey, just pee right behind here. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, because if you go in the house, a dog will attack you. Pee like a man behind You can't walk in my cave. house. without My fucking bull mastiff is injured and fucking... I would love if my kid showed up right now and Skyler's pissing in the back. Yeah. I go, go get that guy back there and just scare that shit out of him. Sexual predator. Yeah. Um, I love that you're letting him piss outside. My brother uh, lives in Delaware. He's got a big ass yard. And he's like, just get out, just piss out there. It's nice to just in piss the in the yard. That's Idle awesome. Pisses. Idle run out, just naked. They're kids. And just squatter legs and piss. They're kids. My sister, when we were little kids, uh, was just swimming in the pool and having so much fun, she went out and took a shit in the yard. <laughs> Now that's a that's uh, yeah. having way too pulled much. Her, pulled her fucking bathing suit to the side, took a shit on the on the side. <laughs> Tell me about it. I was like, Cody, that's fucking gangster. Yeah, it really is. Uh, <laughs> for those of you listening right away, Sickler was here. We did a podcast. These are backlogged. I've probably posted his already. And then Skyler. But if you uh, didn't, let me go ahead and plug the crabfeast dot com right at the top of Skyler's. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna hang yeah, out. make sure you go to the episode that I was on. Yes, check out Skylar. It was a really good it's episode. It's going to be really confusing by postseason opposite order. What time, when's true. your movie premiere? December 20th. Okay. All right, I'll be back then. I'll, I'll, I'll post it in both yeah. by then. Walking with Dinosaurs. Walking Greg. with Dinosaurs. Can I, ask you, can I ask you some questions yes. about it? Because yes. I saw the Discovery nice. series I was telling Bert. Uh-huh. It wasn't an also walking with... Is this born out of that yeah. series? It's, okay, it's, it is. It's, it was a BBC show. It was really popular. Oh, it was BBC. Internationally popular, by the mm-hmm. way. Yeah, it was f- so well done. You really, when you watch it, you're like, man, do these things still live on the fucking planet? Well, because that's why keep, people keep going like, oh, so you're in this movie. I'm like, yeah, my voice is. They're like, oh, it's animated. I'm like, I hate the, it's not animated. It's not fucking it's Ice not. Age. It's no. not Lion King. That's right. It ain't 2D animation. And they're like, oh, so you mean it's like, it looks really cool like Pixar. I'm like, no, this ain't Pixar either. Dude, this is some other. Have world. you ever seen it? Like, yeah. I, I, while, no, while the fucking, like, T-Rex is walking, they'll freeze it and they'll go, and they'll break it in and show you the the bone structure and how it moves and the footprint. Oh, and I the guarantee you, is it something I'll, that I can see with my kids? Oh yeah, yeah man, it's amazing. This is going to be a really stupid question. You're doing the voice of a human? No, no, it's there's no people. This is what I love about this is the BBC created this show a while ago, and then when March of the Penguins came out, people were like, "Wow!" So, so and that was a huge international hit. Yeah. People like people just they will watch a true story in nature. It doesn't have to be some zany character going, "Oh, I farted," or you know, whatever. Yeah. Like you know, it can be like a true story that like you know is scientifically accurate because they don't. It's not like March of the Penguins was like the real world and they created. Hey, penguin, you go over here. You like they just followed fucking penguins. Yeah. So the vibe was let's make a movie that's scientifically accurate. Where the dinosaurs don't do anything out of what we think they did. You know what I mean? Like, they don't do backflips or something silly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. everything that happens in this movie, they feel could have happened to any dinosaur. You know what I mean? I, I want to say, I grew up in Maryland, okay? And, you know, grew up Catholic. And 
the Smithsonian is only 45 minutes from us. And every year from kindergarten through eighth grade until we got to high school, it was a field trip to the Smithsonian, and we would go see the dinosaurs. I can't tell you how many – it goes against the Catholic belief of, of time that dinosaurs exist. So you have this little pocket of Catholics in that area that not only go Catholic, but they also believe in dinosaurs, which is fucking evolution and <laughs> yeah, older yeah. Than, the, than they say the earth exists. It negates just about everything, everything they in the fucking book. Believe. Yeah. So my question to you – because I have a friend whose wife is a teacher, and she teaches those kids – that dinosaurs didn't exist, and the shit in the Smithsonian is fucking models. And that I'm like, should you illegal. should lose your fucking that teaching license. But I wanted to know how many people, how many of the doubters are you guys? Are you getting any of that? Like, this is bullshit. They didn't exist. I mean, I'm just starting the press this week, and like, so far it's just magazines and like radio shows. No one's really brought it up, but you know, um, I mean, the the premieres in New York next week. I, maybe there'll be picketers. They're like, this never happened. Like, right? Yeah. I don't know. There could be. Uh, it's amazing to me that people think that these are made up animals. Oh yeah, it's hard to believe though. Like, I I, t- when I, I took my daughters to wherever it was in D.C. that they have dinosaurs. Smithsonian. Or- is that was that is that what you yeah. just said? Yeah. I'm not the best fucking listener. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Bert's over there looking at Archie yeah. Bunker's chair. Bert's like, I got to do my dry cleaning. It's Cliff Clavin's fucking postman I, I outfit. Catch up on Daily Show on Nudge me when you're talking about me. That <laughs> <laughs> should be the name of this yeah. podcast. Yeah. T- I like that you didn't even know it was the Smithsonian, like the nation's cap. What's that place where they have dinosaurs and? Yeah, but I took the girls and I was blown away. I even I was like. I kept going, this is real? The best is, the best is, um, they cut the corner. They cut the corner and Isla comes back. This is back when, I, I curse them around my kids. Isla comes back. She maybe was five, four or five, five tops. Isla comes, goes around, sees the big dinosaur, comes around and goes, holy shit, it's a dinosaur. And, and <laughs> we were like, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and I walked in, that is exactly how I found it. I was like, holy shit. But it's like, it's hard to believe that, that really was around. You know? Oh, yeah. It's insane. How about like, the pterodactyls, the size of those oh, yeah. things that flew in the sky? Yeah. Well, so, this is what you're going to love about this movie. There's no pterodactyls. There's no T-Rex. It's all newly discovered dinosaurs that oh. no one's talked about. So they really went out of the way to make this an original movie. Not only is it not animation that you've ever... it's it, The animation will blow your mind. Is I it CGI? Is that what I it is? I guess you could or? say that, but it, it, they call it photorealistic animation. Okay. Like, and so all the backdrops are real. They went to... Um, they figured out that these di- they just unearthed these uh, these bones in the Alaska area. So they went to Alaska because wherever Alaska used to be on the nation or on the world, you know, they've all all the plant all the continents have moved. And it stuff. Used to be right up by Asia. Yeah. So what, wherever that used to be is where they're basing this. And so they shot all these backdrops. So when you're watching the movie, the background is real. Everything's so if you're like, whoa, those trees are great. Well, they are. You know what I mean? Like that's not animated. Yeah. The only thing that's animated are the dinosaurs. But again, I hate using the word animated. It's it's literally photorealistic. It looks insane. James Cameron's company did the animation, so you know that's yeah. pretty awesome. Sweet. What do you do? What do you? Do you I'm the do voice this? of a dinosaur uh, right here. What's dude, your name? This. We just got this yesterday. Scowler is the name. Oh wow, Skyler and Scowler. Yeah. Really? Oh shut up. So that kind of looks like what is the what is this? Is a brontosaurus? Is that it's, what that uh, normally it, looks? It looks kind of like a triceratops. Triceratops. Pachyrhinosaur. Yeah. So I'm Scowler. The uh, Alpha male, older brother to the lead character. You got a back end merch deal on that, man? I do, but I, I only get back end if they use my voice in the toy and they uh. cleverly didn't. <laughs> 
You guys are like, the listen, we could put Skyler in this, pay him a, you know. That sounds like me yawning, man. A couple hundred thousand or, hey, Mikey, intern, come in here, growl on the mic real quick. We don't owe you shit. Wait, how did you audition for that? They were just like, rawr. Well, no, I mean, we talk, you know, we're not, we like, there's, it's not like we're. Do you affect your voice or you talk like you're talking now? Uh. Scholar, I mean, he's a little bit kind of, you know, everything's just a little bit like this. You okay. know what I mean? He's just kind of like, he's a little more like, uh, he's a little cocky. Um, it, it, and uh, <laughs> I mean, I came in, I was a recast. I, I, I don't know who I replaced, but this thing was already done. So the way animation usually works is you you speak and then they animate to your voice, right? Yeah. Well, you know, so a lot of people they have seen movies like Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't know if you remember Robin Williams in that movie. Yeah. Like he does voiceovers and he's voice he's voicing a cartoon that already exists. They did that for show. That's not usually how it's done. Like it's not animated and then you fit your voice into, you know, when they open their mouth. Really? Yeah, no, no, no. You do the voice first and then they animate around how you talked. You know I, I mean? always would have thought I would have done more voiceover work. You totally could. You still could. Nah, I, they, I need to get they, into it. They it's brought an, me in. They brought me awesome. in for an audition for like some show. It was like a Nickelode- Nickelodeon show, and they were like, "Play the character," and I just played it as me. And they're like, "No, but do like uh, right." They want the you know, most of the stuff I get cast as. It's just me. Yeah, and voiceover. I mean, you know, I do a ton of voiceovers. Yeah. I do a lot of commercials. I'm the voice of Bush Light on TV. Ooh. So if you hear Easy Drinking Bush Light. Ice cold easy. That's me. Well done. <laughs> Shut up. I want to push light. Oh, the girls are here. Whoa, Whoa hi girls. Oh, look at the sweethearts. G macaroon tune. Rocking her St. Jude medal. Um, the uh, Ilo come out and piss in the yard. Shit in it. Ilo's fucking a wild one. So wait, so so uh, so the movies. Are you going to the premiere in New York? Yeah. Oh, how it's fucking Justin fun is Long. That be? There's only four characters: Justin Long, John Leguizamo, myself, and um. Oh my god, I'm forgetting her name. Uh, she's she was the uh, Indian gal in the internship. I don't know if you saw that, but she's oh the no, yeah. the Vince Vaughn movie. Yeah, the Vince Vaughn movie. No, no, I haven't seen that. There's a few movies I kind of like. I, I I don't I, I I have a hard time not to. And I'm not shitting on Vince Vaughn and, and Will Will whatever the guy's other name is. Uh, you know who I'm talking about? Uh, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. I'm yeah. not shitting on them, but they're so big now. No one's gonna tell them no. So whatever joke they think is funny, I think yeah. makes it in the movie. Well, I've talked about this so many times. You know, when you get too famous, you're surrounded by yes men. Yeah. And unless you're like a true artist, like someone like Woody Allen, who really tries to continually make good movies, but even he's had his missteps. You know, like people get surrounded by yes men, dude. Like, yeah, and it's like, and it's and I, what's crazy is I think they're massively talented. Mm-hmm. But I liked when they took chances when they weren't allowed to. Oh yeah, and because those always worked. Perfectly, like comedy's a hungry man's game, dude. I don't care what anybody says. The, 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 when you're on the rise and someone captures you right when you're being your rawest, Vince Vaughn is the, one of the funniest human beings I've ever planet. seen, ever, yeah. ever. And he's one of the nicest guys I've ever person, fucking met, dude. Yeah, he. I, I was at the improv once, and Burns showed up with uh, Vaughn. Owen and Burns showed up with Vaughn and um, uh, and Peter Billingsley, yeah. you know, the kid from uh, Christmas Story, yeah. and so. Um, Who's now not a kid? And he he was sitting at a table, and um, some I think Byrne just set me up because everybody knows I'm a huge Vaughn fan because I yeah. do the impression. And so Byrne goes, um, "Do you really do a Vince Vaughn impression?" 
Is that what you want me to do right now? Because right now we got a situation. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, I see Bert over on the couch. He's looking at me. You know, why don't he be like Boy George? Do you really want to hurt me? Do you really want to make me cry? I don't know. I don't even know why I'm here right now. Nice man cave you got here could use a pinball machine. You know what I'm talking about, baby? God damn that! I fucking how did I not know that you could do a Vince? I don't know person? how you do that. That's that's literally all I ever do on stage. I don't know how you didn't know that. I don't usually that's stick all around. He and, does. I don't usually. <laughs> I, do, stick I literally headline for 45 stage. minutes. Yeah. I do Vince Vaughn. Yeah, usually. Yeah, but when time. I see you go on stage, that's usually when I leave. Um, <laughs> by the way, I said that joke like three times while you guys were talking into the mic yeah. and then I, the first one I didn't get a laugh and the second time I did it again and you yeah. didn't get a laugh and I was like fuck it don't do it, it for us Bert so the wait. fans hear it they'll tell you I heard you at 617 Bert I so, heard it yeah. so um, yeah Vaughn so you did you meet him did uh, you yeah, do so his impression Bern goes, um, uh, he goes Skyler does an impression of you actually he goes oh that's really cool man uh, that's, let me hear it and I'm, and I'm like I wanted him to see me perform so bad yeah. so I go you know it's better with a mic and I'm about to get on stage. Do you want to come downstairs? And like, you know, he totally could have blown me up. He's like, yeah, yeah, sounds great. Came down, watched me. And the best part about this, I had this video. I should upload it to YouTube. My fiance, Nicole, was there. And she had this little HD flip cam that I got. I go, hey, record my set tonight. Not knowing Vaughn was going to be there. Yeah. And she still doesn't know Vaughn's there. She's over to the side at the improv by those the, the double doors back when they used to open. And so she's standing right there. Vince Vaughn's behind her. She has no clue. And she's filming me. And if you watch the video... Right when I go into the Vince Vaughn impression, I do it. And at the end, you can hear him laughing behind in his Vince Vaughn like little cackle. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Nicole turns around and goes, oh, my gosh, you're Vince Vaughn. And you can hear that in the video. Oh, nice. shut so she's up. like naturally acting. And she, he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He told me to come down. And it's the funniest video because she had no idea he was there. Yeah, he's so fucking talented. So what a weird experience to watch your, your, your man do Vince Vaughn. And then Vince Vaughn's right behind you. you I've never know. been able to do an impression in my life. I wanted to so bad. When I got to New York, I thought impressions were the way to make it. DC Benny had like great DC impressions. Benny, yeah. And then he'd fucking murder. And I was like, if I could just get one impression. Yeah. Just one impression where I could fucking hit it out of the park. And then, and I never, but I never. Um, yeah. I just love doing them. I'm a big, 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 big SNL fan when it works, when it's got a good cast. Did and, you ever audition uh, for SNL? I did. I, I tested, uh, me and Sandberg and Hater tested the same day. Got flown out, put up. Um, I think I was too excited to be there. You know what I mean? Now, sometimes you just don't like. There's an element of like you, you got to want a job. I think you told tried. us this. Uh, didn't you say? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't you say Samberg? You just knew. I just, you knew. just knew right away. I did tell you that. Yeah, Samberg just had this like this. He, all, you're looking at me like, well, that's probably the way you should act if you're if you're sure you're going to get something. It was this. It, he was cocky, but it was a lovable cocky. And if you can pull off that kind of cocky, yeah, they want you, dude. Like otherwise, like. It, if done by the wrong person, it could be very douchey. I can think about 50 comics right off the top of my head that do the, the douchey version of what Sandberg does. Wait, who else was in that? Because I think I heard about um, someone else got SNL during that time that they that forgot just- They forgot to call his name. Was that you telling that story? They forgot. I heard this story, and I, I, I wish I had a like better Like he memory. made the roster. And no, they, they were like, verbally. you go first. And he was like, great. But then they forgot to call his name. And so he just kept waiting back there, and he was the last to go. And he's like, guys, what about me? And they're like, oh, shit, we totally forgot about you. And then they let him go. I forget who it was. I'm sorry. Did he get he it? Got it? He got it. Yeah, he ended up oh, getting it, but man. I don't remember who it was. might have been Bill Hader. Oh. might have been Bill Hader. Yeah. Oh, I heard it on, um, on Marin. It might have been Bill Hader. Well, Sandberg just had – he just – he was a cool guy, and you know, he literally – I'm not kidding. He walked up to me. He goes, he goes, hey, man, how's it going? I go, pretty good. He goes, you know I'm going to get this, right? <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? But, but he said it. I didn't even think it was. I was. It was funny how he did it. You know that little those faces he makes and yeah. stuff. He just did his little Samberg thing, and like I, in my head, I'm like, I think he is. He totally psyched me out. <laughs> oh, I'm so not that guy in auditions. Uh, I'm so the guy that uh, once 
I almost want everyone else to get it because I, I know that I'm going to be fine not getting it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm I look at people who look like they're a mess, yeah. and I go, I feel bad for that guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. This I, guy I got a wife, kids. I got a happy life. Right you know? I'll tell you a story about a guy. A, a guy here, I don't want to interrupt it. I got to get out of here, guys. Let's start. Sky. Last story. Last story. All right. Last story. Go ahead. I went into You know he's going to do that for you for another hour. For another hour. I went into an audition one time. It was for It was for a. It was a big. Um, Wait, but by the way, though, how ironic is it that he's saying he doesn't need a job, but like he needs you to stay right, right now for, yeah. for the attention? I'm out exactly. Here. Yeah, so go ahead. I'm out of here. I have intimacy issues. Um, <laughs> I, it was for a big Matt Damon movie, and uh, I walked in, and the guy that walked out looked almost like destroyed. Like, and I was like, like, but I knew what him. What movie I'd, is this? I'd actually. It was a Matt Damon movie. I forget. I forget. Uh, the name I'll tell you you'll know it uh, Tom Papa was in the movie oh yeah yeah I went on that too it's yeah. uh, the informant yeah yeah. Uh, so I watched they brought in every comic in town did yeah. you know not to interrupt but just it'll help this story did you know that he, um, he it'll help this story no I just meant <laughs> well, no 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 it'll paint a picture he wanted to fill that movie with comics it was a goal really he, he literally said he did an interview where he said comics are so like funny and dark and this movie is that and I want that vibe and he felt like comics were the only people that could breathe life into this script that's was, why there's yeah. so many comics in that movie it was all comics Joel at McHale, the audition Tom Papa stop with the now yeah. you're encringing on my story sorry so very <laughs> Joel McHale's the guy so yeah. but Joel McHale walked out and I had known Joel I got a deal at Budweiser a long time ago uh, probably 10 years ago 12 no probably 12 years ago Almost 13, I got a deal at Budweiser to do a series of commercials, and then those commercials would turn into a sitcom. So it was an all overall development deal with a network attached with Budweiser. All we needed to do is get the commercials. It's about a guy who loses everything, moves into um, his uh, – he was a dot-com guy, loses everything, moves into his fantasy box because mm-hmm. that's all that he has left, and he lives in his fantasy box, in his, uh, in his – a uh, luxury box at a in a in, in an arena, and so they brought in. They <laughs> wanted like to that. shoot the. Yeah, it's, it's not that bad. It's a pretty good idea. So I don't know. Anyway, they bring in some actors to do some scenes with me that they're going to show Budweiser, and Joel McHale's one of them. This is uh, old Joel McHale, the one before the one he is now. Yeah, and so um, and he was the nicest. What was that? Guy. What is just, that? Uh, I think by, by that he means just not famous. Okay, yeah, just not. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah That's yeah, what yeah. I was wondering. I was, he was like, but he was. Yeah. But he used to be a magician. He was really fucking nice. No, he was really nice. He was really friendly. He was really outgoing. He was a great fucking actor. He is. I remember a good actor. we did this. I remember we did this scene, and I was like, this guy really fucking. Uh, that's you know what I mean by old Joe McHale. He was not the guy that you know now is like almost. I'm not saying snarky and snarky wise and, ass. Yeah, yeah. and like he didn't like he plays everything very kind of low key like plays everything straight almost these days but he wasn't like that he was high energy he was funny as fuck and we I watch him he doesn't know me but we did do this thing together and I see him come out of the audition almost defeated and I was like that's odd I thought he'd totally get something like this when I saw him I was like oh he'll book it I go in after him and I, I swear to god the woman has his headshot in her hand and she's looking at it, and I went, hey. And she went, hi, how you doing? And she put it on one pile. I go, uh, is that Joel McHale? She goes, yeah. I go, and I tell her what I just told you. I go, he's actually a fucking fantastic actor. I did some scenes with him, and he carried them. And like, and he, and he, and literally, she grabs his headshot and moves it on the other stack. And I went, I went, oh, good. Like, in my head, I'm like, 
I've done it. I, I just it. fucked myself out of this. Yeah, I, damn, I just <laughs> as I see you do that, I went. I went Wait, what role did he read for? <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> Shit! <laughs> but then he got the part. I saw him in the movie, and I know that I obviously he had to go back. He had to read in front of a million sure, people. Sure. I had nothing to do with him booking it. He booked that. But I remember saying something positive about that room, and I was like, you know what? I bet that's gonna hopefully that's good karma that comes back if someone does that for me one time. But no one had. Oh, I guess people have. I'm sure. But all right. Sickle, you can go now. All right, guys. Thank you for hey, having I me. It, I love you. I love you. Congrats on everything, you, brother. Here, get over here. Yeah. <coughs> it's all cozy over here. Oh, just throw it up in my oh. dinkum systems. Oh, it's, yeah. I, Are you I, sure I, we're even recording? Like, how do you even know? I have a little thing right here. <laughs> I wish the light was on. Will you hit the light on on your way out, Ryan? And you're right now, you're like, you feel like my wife. I was going to turn it on on my way out. Do you remember that story? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're still recording. See Sickler. Sickler. Ah, you, you did it. You went to McDonald's. You remember our McDonald's conversation? What? Oh, that's my dog. <clears throat> and that's my wife. Yeah. Why, why did? Why is the dog what you noticed first? Because uh, she's limping. Yeah. She had ACL surgery. So it's beautiful, been, big dog. Yeah, she's a. Uh, she, uh, my wife. She's she, got a great my, ass. My, my dog. Then my wife. My wife's got yeah. a pretty great ass. Yeah. She. You've met Leanne before, right? Of course. Yeah. yeah. We always see each other at Ralphie's parties. How the fuck is it that we're fuck? You know, I live right there. I know. You said to me, you're like, yeah. I, I was going to tell Sickler's story, but I was like, I can't tell it without actually telling people where I live. Mm-hmm. But you were like, you were like, uh, this basically the story that you. I said, you said, where do you tape? And I said, uh, at these. And then you said these two crossroads, and I was like, "Yes." And you're like, "No, that's where I live." And I yeah, went, yeah, you were very confused. I'm I like, go, "No, that's where I live." And yeah. you were like, "No, no, that's where I live." And yeah. then you said, "I'm behind the let's just say McDonald's." Yeah, yeah. And I said, "Wait, I'm behind. You're, I'm next door to the McDonald's." I go, "I'm behind the McDonald's." Yeah, I'm in front of the McDonald's. You're behind it. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm surprised. You know, two you know hungover assholes like you and I haven't met over an egg McMuffin at said McDonald's. I fucking I very seldomly. Like, I'll, I'll go out our back gate. You can walk out and you get to all those shops. Yeah. And I'll go. I'll get sushi sometimes and that sushi and place. That's, you eat that shit? Oh, I love it. It's terrible. I love it. You obviously know nothing about sushi. Uh, no, I I've really become like yeah. a, it may, it's, it's going to sound a little snobby, a wine and a sushi snob in my really? 30s. I swear to God. <laughs> I know a lot about wine now and a lot about sushi. You're an interesting person because you're there's so much about you that I, that is almost mysterious. Like <laughs> Like I remember one time I had I had offices over at uh, on like Gower I think, uh-huh. and I remember one time pulling up and you were you had you had uh, you were in your car. Mm-hmm. I want to say you were sleeping in your car, hmm. and I walked out and you were like, "Hey, what's up?" I was like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" And you're like, "Oh, I'm just going to check my email." And then you walked behind the information booth and you were sitting at the information booth checking your email where like the lady checks people in. Uh-huh. Do you remember those do you remember it's, Are you talking about Hollywood Production Center? Yeah. HPC? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What, what year would this have been? It was Maybe 07? Uh, I had a pilot in 07 that was based there. Maybe that was it. Skyway's Revolution. I did it for Fox. Um, that might have been it. That might have been because you you literally and I was like, what do you like? You were so comfortable there. Yeah. I was like, do you like? I was, but I didn't ask. I was just yeah. like, I was like, but you were literally behind the. I don't follow a lot of social order or cues. I, like my, me either. But I, I think my tact is off in a lot of areas. Like I'm just like, yeah, I'm just gonna use. This. I don't even. I don't the, know. My wife says it's it's called uh, it's called casting a large wake. Yeah. You don't. I'm, a, oh. I'm unaware. Yeah, I'm. I'm literally a boat cruising, and I'm unaware. Yeah. of the people that look at that and go, "You can't do that." Like yeah. I, I brought a big knife to school the other day. This knife, 
I brought this knife to school on my back on because I had it on my belt. Uh huh. And it's just as not this one, but this one. It's oh, a, geez. It's a pretty big knife. Yeah. And my wife's like, you don't fucking do that. You don't bring a weapon yeah. to pick your kids up at school. I don't think I would do something that, like, glaringly, <laughs> like, oblivious. But, yeah. like, but I do things like, I mean, I just, like, you know, like, um, uh, today, I know for a fact that my, my friend's dad died. And I, I'm not scared to ask somebody, like, you know, hey, do you mind if I ask more questions about that? I'm not doing it because I want gossip. Like, I actually really care. Like, but Nicole's like... Dude, do you ever think he maybe doesn't want to talk about? It? I'm like, do you ever think that maybe he does, and everyone's too scared to ask him, and he wants to like yeah. maybe have a conversation about it? And he didn't mind at all. He told me all the details and stuff. We, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't really, I, I don't really follow a lot of social cues. I don't follow social. I'm cues. autistic in Wait, that way. Where did you grow up? St. Louis. Really? Oh, that's right. I knew that. Yeah. How did I know that? I'm a huge Cardinals fan. It's all I ever talk about. Really? No, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, you not a baseball guy? No, I am. I am. I am. But uh, not really. I take that back. Not really. Oh, okay. Like, I'll go see a game every now and then. I like going to games. and I, have, yeah. I don't really follow what's going on, but I'll watch, like, the World Series. I'll tune in for that. And, I, like, the I really only care about the Cardinals. Like, I, I, I'll go to Laker games because I'm, I'm a diehard Laker fan since birth, not just because I moved here. Uh, there was no baseball team or, sorry, basketball team in St. Louis. So, you know, we just rooted for the Lakers because they were awesome in the 80s. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I love the Cardinals, dude. I, I call into sports shows, you know, talking about the Cardinals. I just love, I'm a huge Cardinals fan. Now, wait, what? Let's, let's do a little backlog because I remember meeting you, but I don't remember, I don't know anything about your story. I remember mm-hmm. knowing who you were before I met you because of Khan. Yeah, well, you probably knew me from that, but, like, I just, I knew you from, I think you and I both opened for Jay at different times. I mean, I definitely know you through Jay. Jay's the person that, you know, put you on yeah. my radar. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't even remember the first time we met. I know that you're, you're one of the first five comics I ever saw in LA. Uh, I saw you at the improv and it was, it was my first show and you were there. It was, it was just a regular showcase night. It wasn't any special show. And you were, and I just remember you did, you did your Burt joke and yeah. like you did, there were like three jokes that I remember. Um, and, but I remember you were awesome. And, and then I didn't know you. I just saw you. I'm like, oh, he's good. And then, and then I met you through Jay. Like, you were, I remember, like, I remember, uh, um, I distinctly remember, <laughs> Like we uh, we all met and then and and I tell you but I liked I liked Con I'd seen Con mm-hmm. before and I was like that's a fucking great show oh thanks man it was a really great show and I was like but you just showed up and I was, like on Con I was like yeah, I, hadn't, I hadn't seen you in the clubs or anything and I was like wow and then Tom Segura and I took great pleasure in in uh, in your obli- your actual Im- obliviousness to how Jay worked because we had both worked with Jay mm-hmm. and we knew that Jay was not necessarily the most uh free spirited kind of like he liked things a certain way. Yeah. And I remember Tom just called me one time and I I mean I think I had stopped working with Jay by this time. Mm-hmm. But uh Tom called me and he was like he's like, dude, Tyler just showed up hammered, ordered a fucking Jack on the Rocks in the green room and fucking Jay's losing his mind. <laughs> oh I well again that goes back to my wake thing. Like I love but, but no but that is who I am. Yeah. In all seriousness, that's who I am. It was not it was never who I was around Jay, we just didn't have that kind of relationship, but that is who I am in life, and I remember hearing that and going, God, I fucking love Skylar. <laughs> like, I fucking, that is so, it was so funny, and yeah. Tom, Tom's like, Skylar's clueless to what, how upset Jay is, Jay is fucking losing his mind, and, but I love that about you, and I was like, oh, I fucking, as soon as he told me that, I was like, I'm fucking pot committed to Skylar. Well, well, for me, I just never understood, like, you know, um, Jay's done a lot for me. I mean, he got me at the Laugh Factory. He's really helped. You know, I, I don't know that I'd be where I'm at without him. 
Uh, but I, I wish he had just come up to me and to just so you know, when you're opening for me, here's some of my rules. <laughs> but yeah. in hindsight, I mean, the guy, the guy's sober, and I'm showing up, and I'm, I would be late a lot. I would, uh, I'd show up and order drinks. Um, <laughs> I showed up with my dog and brought my dog in the green room and like didn't even ask if that was okay. You know, I used to bring my dog with me everywhere. You know, I'm fucking. But I like people like that. I like people who don't know. Like, uh, like to an extent, I would say Red Band's got a little bit of that to him. Yeah, like Red Band. I don't really know Red Band that well. Oh, he's the fucking. I know him. We, 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 you know, guy, yeah. you'll ever fucking meet. He's the what? The sweetest guy you will ever fucking meet. He is. I just don't know how those guys feel about me. At like, I, I don't know what Rogan remembers and what he doesn't. I mean, he's obviously a busy guy, and you know, I you know, I don't really know his personality well enough to know, but. They they invited me to do the ice the the ice house chronicles show you know when like yeah. four comics show up and they do it and then you get on stage and you come back have you done that one yeah of course yeah so I went and are you on Rogan's network uh, no Rogan doesn't have a network oh I thought he did no he doesn't have a network he just it's just him wait he doesn't do like so Death Squad is in his network Death Squad's Brian Brian oh I didn't know that no Brian oh. Brian runs the Death Squad network I think he also sells the Death Squad I had a dream about Death Squad I'm gonna have a beer okay. I apologize That's I had a really very rough night last night. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but no, um, but yeah, Brian runs the network. He sells the shirts. He does the Death Squad shows. I think with like Tripoli and <coughs> and like uh, Tony Hinchcliffe. But then the Death Squad, um, like the Ice House Chronicles. I think is probably a Death Squad show. But you know, dude, it's it, there's no like ownership. I mean, there's no cattiness or bitchiness about it. It's like we're all fucking friends. You know, if if you know, it doesn't like it doesn't matter. Like like I call Rogan. I texted Rogan. I'm like, I'm in town. Do you do you want to do my podcast or do want me to do yours? I don't give a fuck who yeah. does whose. Yeah, you know, at all. Like, I don't I don't care about numbers for my podcast, and he re- doesn't need to. So, like, but you know, and it's, I, I think it's you know those all those guys have nothing but positive fucking. I've never had have ever had a negative experience. It's just like well, I, solid. Friendship. I had an unfortunate experience. And, and what happened was I went and did the podcast and I got to be honest, I was actually stoked. I'm a Joe Rogan fan. Yeah. I have been since I, I moved out. I've been, I, fuck that. I've been one since the nineties before I moved out here. Yeah. And so when I was asked to do that one and I knew that, you know, red bands involved them, I was actually really honored, but I got brought on to do it with, um, Eliza Schlesinger, uh, Daryl Wright and, uh, a porn star. Daryl Wright is hammered. I mean, he was so. I love Daryl, but you know, and, and I've told him the story. He's, you know, Daryl. Yeah, very well. I mean, yeah. he's fucking Not very well. What the fuck? Yeah, I know very. I know him very well. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I know Daryl. Yes. Yeah, he's. Hammered. I say very well, but I'm afraid to say that because Daryl will hear this and go, Bert. We've hung out a couple times. Now hold on a sec. Yeah, you don't. I love yeah. Daryl. I can't I love do his Darryl. voice, but so um, he's hammered, um, and I feel like it was it was either Eliza or Sarah Tiana. I, I think it was Eliza. They're both hilarious. No, it was Eliza, and both beautiful. Yeah, they're bo- they're both great. Sarah is a big sports fan. She is, and yeah, I didn't know that until only like two years ago. Sarah I actually really don't even know her that well. I think I know. I think I've met her a couple times, maybe, hopefully. But I know her obviously from uh, Push and all the guys at the comedy store, and and I don't think I, that's one of the one of the many people I've I've never heard anyone say anything bad about. Oh yeah, Sarah's great, dude. I've known her for years. I should get her on this podcast. Her and I were actually both extras in an InSync music video in 2001. Really? Yeah, before we ever done anything in this town. So we've known each other. It's fun to know somebody and not know them through comedy and go, no, we're like actual friends. Like we didn't meet because she I she yeah. did my show and I put her on my. Like we just know each other from knowing each other. So yeah. 
since that's pretty rare. I don't know a lot of comics. Pre- and, and 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 I will say this only because I I said Sarah Eliza is absolutely hilarious too. Oh, I love great. Eliza. I've known Eliza yeah. probably very pretty long. I met her back yeah. when she was dating Brett Ernst, and um, I I was blown away by her. She's a Ernst is doing the podcast soon. Everybody, he's is on his honeymoon right now. I love Brett yeah. Ernst. Um, so wait, so so go so back. So I did this podcast and. Uh, politics were brought up, and I was really ready to have an actual talk about politics because I, I, in the last few years, I've also really gotten into politics. So I'm like talking, I'm trying to talk. Daryl's drunk, which is kind of derailing a lot of it. Um, Eliza felt annoyed, I feel, by how drunk he was. I don't really know how much Eliza drinks, uh, not to say she's against it or anything. And then the porn star was fucking clueless. Big, big surprise, right? About politics. Yeah. So the conversation wasn't really going well, even though I really was trying to like help steer it. Joe shows up when this thing is already mid shit show. So like Joe doesn't know me. I want to make an impression on him. You know what I mean? Like I've yeah. always looked up to him. He really is act- an actual influence. I know a lot of comics just say that just to kid. He really is, dude. Yeah. And so I'm sitting here like going, oh, God, it's kind of like you ever do a commercial audition and you get paired up with a really bad partner and you're like, oh, well, I'm not going to get this fucking commercial. I'm just yeah. actor in the world. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so it felt like that. And so or you have sex with someone who's so bad at sex, you look bad at having sex. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a couple of those stories. I do too. And so I'm sitting there and I'm fucking I'm like, all right, this sucks. And so um, you get called out one at a time on this podcast. And so I go into the room and I go do my set. But nobody tells me, A, it, it was so, because of the shit show that it became, no one walked up to me and told me how long I'm doing, and no one told me where the light is either. And it's in the annex, so there, is really, there isn't a light there. I guess there's like a tiny little thing that they just flash at you, and I never saw it. And then finally, someone waved at me, and it, they looked panicked, like, dude, you need to get off the fucking stage. And it really wasn't a long set, but I guess Joe decided out of nowhere to go up after me, and I didn't know that. Had I known Joe fucking Rogan is waiting in the wings, I'm certainly not going to run a lot. I'm going to be looking for yeah. the light, you know what I mean? Like, I have respect for Joe Rogan. And so I get out the stage and Joe just goes to me, he goes, hey, you don't respect the light? What kind of comic are you? And then he gets on stage. And then I hung around afterwards. I'm like laughing at his bits, but the whole time I'm like fearing him. Yeah. And so he gets up stage. I try and go up and talk to him. I'm like, I go, Joe, I, I go, please, I'm so sorry. I didn't know where the light was. I didn't see it. No one told me how long I'm doing. He goes, whatever, man. Yeah, it's, dude, it's whatever, man. It's cool. Don't worry about it. But he said it like, you're an asshole. And then I've never seen him since. And I've, I've tried to get on like, you know, the Death Squad podcast. And I don't know. I don't know if there's like a funky taste in the mouth. About no, him. I don't think there is. I'm sure there isn't. I mean, he's I really the- respect what they're doing over there. Yeah, he's, he's been in the business long enough where you've seen people you know go over it's yeah. not it's not like anyone holds grudges i mean it, it's frustrating yeah. to everyone when you're do when it's happening but yeah. i don't think he's joe's not the kind of guy that holds grudges he's kind of a uh, yeah you'll you'll your cross will pass across and i doubt he'll remember it and, yeah and, and you that's guys what will, i mean yeah. i don't think i'm important enough to him to, to no, yeah i don't he's the moment he's been a very uh I've had a lot of uh, yeah. I've n- I've nothing bad to say about Joe, and I like he's been a really great influence on a lot of things going on in, in my life. And like I said, if I had a nickel for every time I called, and I've said this to him, if I had a nickel for every time I said I called him after an event and mm-hmm. thanked him for putting me in the position to get to that event, I'd I'd, I'd be a rich man. <laughs> he's uh, he's been he's been like you know, positive influence in my life. No, you know, I'm a big like, fan of his. Red, like- ba- Red Band is like this. You love. He's the sw- fucking nicest guy like just he says hi I, I, I see him at the comedy store we say hi to each other i mean we, we don't really have any long talks or anything but i don't think he's mad <laughs> red, band, red band's an interesting guy even like even if you did you would like did he's not like uh he's not you know he's more about like he's um he's like in the essence of the now 
Oh, okay. You know, like he's not like he's not gonna fucking sit and talk politics or anything. He's just gonna fucking party, have a good time. Yeah, let's go get something to eat. Let's go fucking listen to some music and drive around in the car and dance on the freeway. I've never seen him do stand up. I've only heard his it's funny, yeah. really funny. So I don't even know what kind of a comic he really he is. He just did a day. I just did Columbus, and he was in Columbus doing a one nighter, and he did both my Saturday shows. He did sets on both my Saturday shows and fucking murdered. And I was oh, like, nice. I did not like. I just haven't seen him perform in a while, and I was like, holy shit. So yeah, um, they're all good, man. It, it, there's, it seems like there's di- uh, differences in the universe with comics and and who, who like you know like there's almost fractions. I know I feel it when I go to UCB. I feel like I'm not invited there, even though yeah. I even though I know I am, and I know that I'm I have been invited there to perform. I don't feel like I belong. And I think it I think it's so funny, head. man, that that happens. Like like a guy like Dalia is killing it right now, but you never see him over at UCB, and like you have to wonder if like maybe that's part like like even he doesn't feel like he's like invited there. Like you do feel funny when you go there. Like I I feel like oh man. Am I supposed to cut a couple of my really dumb jokes out? Like, yeah. am I supposed to just like? Am I supposed to even do stand up? <laughs> yeah, like I don't yeah. like. I I wish I felt more comfortable because I would go there more often because I do think it's good for me to make myself feel uncomfortable and do those things. Yeah, and I love I love every time I'm at UCB. I love the energy there. It's yeah. very positive. But I do say things that do not belong in that club. Yeah, and and I can turn a crowd pretty quickly. And if I was in a regular comedy club, no problem. But a fucking I like killer. guys that can do both. Though, like one of my favorite comedians is Nick Thune, and um, you know, I don't know if you saw his recent stuff. He's killing it, dude. No, I, I had a douche chill moment with Nick one time where I was like, I fucking forget what. But we were all in a car and we were all fucking hammered. And we're all driving. The person driving wasn't hammered. The person driving was Ben Glebe, by the way. Ben Glebe was driving us all from a show down in Irvine home. Mm. And uh, and I did he make you do his? He used to do like a podcast podcast while driving from Irvine yeah. Improv. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and uh, and I I think I was fucking. I had too many drinks in me, and Nick wasn't drinking. He was just fucking chilling out. Mm-hmm. And I started giving him my theories on comedy, and I was like, "Fuck, if I could take." I was just young enough to be arrogant. <laughs> How long ago is this? Probably probably right right when he started. Like right when he started in L.A. Well, he dude, he had a he had a. Uh, I can never say this word right. Me- mete- meteoric, meteoric, meteoric rise. Yeah. I mean, he came out of here and like he got some shit fast. Him? One of the fastest I've ever seen. Somebody- Him and Owen are the two biggest blow ups like that I've seen step into the business. And but they kind of stepped off. in at the same time too. Uh, I will say uh, let's let's type with that. Let's try to let's try to be theoretical on this. Uh, him and Owen, mm-hmm. uh, TJ and Pete. TJ and who's Pete? Pete Holmes. Oh, okay, I didn't know. Okay, oh yeah, 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 oh, yeah. pretty Pete fast. Bl- both came out to L.A. Yeah. and just skyrocketed. Um, Nick and Owen just skyrocketed, and and they skyrocketed so fast you assume they were best friends. They were friends. Yeah, but you assumed. I assumed they lived together. That they no, they were actually really. Good. They had a show together, yeah. and then I think something happened where they didn't get along for a while. Which can happen with Owen. Owen and I used to be best friends, but we had a massive fallout, and I'll never speak to him again. Are you uh, serious? Oh yeah, he's gonna be the best man at my wedding. Yeah, but I, I, I you know, the stuff I know, I, I would never tell the stories, but I, I would never talk to him again for the rest of my life. You, you couldn't pay me enough money. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, not, not even remotely. I can't, I can't even fathom that. I, I've yeah. never had anything but like just very positive. Oh, I used to. Yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I saw some different sides. Yeah. Holy shit, man! Well, yeah. that stinks. And, and no one start drama. That's how the fucking podcasts are so fucking. Yeah. Dramatic. I've, oh, I, I know it's so funny. I had to go to a therapist for podcast drama. I had to go to therapist. Uh, Why? Well, I've always gone to therapist, but it's not like I ran to one because of Owen. But it got brought up for sure for for several weeks. Where I'm like, 
I literally asked this guy to be the best man at my wedding, and now I'll never speak to him again. You know what that feels like? He's like, I don't. Let's talk about it. We had to talk about it a lot. Yeah, it was it was it was really helpful. And then Joey Diaz pulled me aside, and he was I like, "I love Joey." And Joey's like, "Dog, fuck your therapist. Hang out with me." So for one month straight, every morning, Joey and I would get coffee. Dude, you told me about this, and I, I've I've tried to explain this to other people, and I actually really have a really good idea for a show. Um, based on it's 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 stealing what you do, but I wanted to do it with you, so it's not stealing it. I think you told me I ran into you. Uh, I I just I've always respected you're a very real person. I remember seeing you at Ralphie's party maybe a year ago, and you go, you just texted me the next day out of the blue, and you go, hey, just so you know, me and Joey are doing this thing. We're getting together every Monday, right? And you're, yeah. Right? Do you remember this? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. You we reached were, out to me, told yeah. me you guys get together for breakfast, and like you're like, you know, it's just you know, like it's it's not about work, it's not about anything, it's just fucking getting together, like a rate. Like I I thought I was like. I'm a big fan of old guys, like yeah. old men, not yeah. you, old men, like fucking, yeah. and that's what old men do, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I just watched recently, um, I'm standing up for a second, someone's have to stand up, um, I just watched recently um, uh, Comedians in Cars Getting, getting Coffee, coffee. Yeah. it's fucking awesome. I love it, first of all, it's the most genius show idea ever, and the guests he get are fucking, it's, it's unprecedented, the guests he get, and of course Seinfeld can get whoever the fuck he wants, but he got Carl Reiner. And that's a big deal to me. You I, didn't Carl, see, I didn't see that one. Oh, watch it. Because what, what it opens up, it, it shows Carl. Letterman was my favorite. I didn't see that one. Letterman was really great. Oh, my God. I got to watch that yeah, one. Yeah, it was really fucking Because they have a great. funny relationship. Yeah. Letterman has a few guys that no matter what, like, it, like I know some people only DVR things like Lost or Breaking Bad. Dude, if I find out Letterman has Michael Keaton or Bill Murray or Seinfeld on, I fucking DVR because he has great relationships with those three people. They have like really good verbal sparring, especially Bill Murray. Yeah. Um, but um, so Seinfeld picked up um, Carl Reiner, and uh, you know Carl Reiner's best friend, and everybody knows this is no secret is uh, Mel Brooks. Yeah. You know they used to do that the two thousand year old man bit, and they yeah. you know did tons of things together, and so they uh, they. They're they're out getting coffee, and then Jerry goes, "What are you doing the rest of the day?" And like uh, Carl Reiner goes, "Oh, well, uh, you know, every day, you know, Mel Brooks or Mel comes over for dinner." And then he's like, "What? Like every day? Yeah, every day at five o'clock. Like they don't miss it. It's like so important and vital to them. Yeah. And so like every both of their schedules are always worked out around it, so that no matter what they get together. I think they they've mostly done this since Ellen Burstein um, died, uh, Mel Brooks's wife. Yeah. Because you know, I mean, that's just a hard thing to do, obviously, at that age to be by yourself. So um, he, they come over. So it made me think of that. Right when I watched that, I thought of you and Joey. And then I thought, I'm like, there's got to be a show where, like, if, if, if it took place at the same cafe every Monday, but it's always you and Joey. But, like, like, like it's almost like, like a more informal Chelsea lately. Yeah. Where literally you and, jo- like, you and Joey are always there. Like, Chelsea's always on Chelsea. Yeah. But different people come to the breakfast table. Wouldn't that be a great show? It's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know what, though? The problem is, is that, like, the thing that made, the thing that made Joey and my, because it started out, I think we did it, like, we did it a couple times, and then, and then, and then I told him one time I was going to therapy, and he was like, fuck that. This is what friends are. I'm yeah. a fucking every morning I'll meet you here, and we get together like every morning at like I want to say like eight thirty nine o'clock. We'd go to yeah. Maria C, and we would just sit and we would uh, talk for like two hours and just talk. And I he'd listen and I'd tell him what I was thinking, and uh, and you know and like and I'll put it to the to you in this way is I don't have a lot of friends. I di- and I especially never did have for a very long time. And I think these are the reasons that. Uh, I don't have a lot of friends that would sit and listen to me for an 
two hours every morning for a month and to make sure I was okay. That's a really good point, especially in Los Angeles. And, and, and especially so, in this town. I hate to shit on this town because I love yeah. it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And so, and when I realized that was what, that was the friendship I was looking for is someone yeah. who then, when they were going through stuff, could call me and be like, hey, can I remember Joey saying like, hey, can I come over and take your dog on a walk with you? And I was like, I was like, well, I don't, I'm not going to take the dog on a walk. Yeah. I was like, you want to just hang out? And he was like, yeah. yeah. And so, and so like, but like the, it was real, it was real genuine friendship and there's no, he doesn't get anything from me. Joey doesn't get anything. I don't know like, him there's well, not like, but there's, all I've heard is stories like this about him. There's I, not, I, there's no, I don't even think he knows who I am. But I'm not I giving him anything. Him. He's not making money off of me. I'm not on his podcasting network. I'm just his friend. Yeah. Literally, that's it. He calls every now and then. I remember him calling one time, real upset that I hadn't. I hadn't returned his call. He called a couple times. I hadn't returned his call. Mm-hmm. And he was like, dog, I'm your friend. When I fucking call, just pick up the phone and call me back so I know you're okay. Oh, wow. And I was like, and, but that's Joey. And, and that's Joe, too. Like, Joe is a, Joe's a friend. If, if I have something going on, I can call Joe and I can talk to him the same way I talk to Buns, the same way I talk to fucking Joey, same way I talk to Ari, same way I talk to Brian, same way I talk to a lot of like people. Wait, who are these all these days. people you're talking about? Brian Redband? Yeah, Redband. Ari like, Spear. Yeah, and I could, who else? Uh, Tommy Buns, Joe, Tom Segura. Oh, like I can, Buns? I didn't know that's his nickname. No, Tommy Buns, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. From the movie. Uh, I'm from, doing his podcast and I've never done it. Oh, he's the fucking best. I love him. He I literally have an obsession. He doesn't even understand how much I'm obsessed with him. Like I, 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 I don't think he knows what a fan I am of his. I, he's a comic that I stop and watch when he performs. I love and him. I don't I love, have a lot of people on that list. He's, you know, he's a, a guy. I love that, his cadence. I, the way he speaks and the way he does his yeah. jokes, fucking kills me. Like just yeah. the way I don't. I just love it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I get a kick out of him. He's ballsy. You know what he did the other week? He's doing this new thing where he's talking about Michael J. Fox. First of all, I, like. I, anything I, I don't care if you make fun of anything in front of me it doesn't yeah. it just doesn't bother me I don't get offended I, I really don't um, and um, uh, I remember Tosh actually the day after uh, Heath Ledger died Tosh got on stage and said so apparently they found uh, Heath Ledger's suicide note it uh, was titled 10 things I hate about me <laughs> God damn it. Oh my Tosh God. is so fucking talented. And it killed. And I was on the lineup, so I thought I could make a Heath Ledger joke. And I found out I don't have what he has, and I can't get away with it. He's earned it. He, well, he, not only is he earned it, even at the beginning, though, dude, he just had it. Like, he just has a way about him. Some people can just do that. Tom Papa has that joke where he's holding, he goes, you know, he goes, You ever held a newborn baby? And you're looking at the baby, and you're like, I could totally throw this baby right now. Yeah. <laughs> and, he's, and he's looking at me, and he's like, I could throw this baby. Not a lot of people can talk about throwing a baby and get away yeah. with that, dude. You know what I mean? And so I got on stage, and I do a lot of impressions like we talked about earlier. And so I did Vince Vaughn. I did Owen Wilson. I did Bruce Willis, all my favorites. And then right at the end, uh, I was sitting at the piano at the improv. I go, here's my impression of Heath Ledger playing piano. It, this is really dumb, too, so that's probably why it, it didn't really get a big laugh. It's not as smart as his joke. I just started playing the piano, and then I fell on the piano. My head just hit all the keys, and I just acted like I was dead on the piano. Yeah. Nobody laughed. I got booze. The next day, Rita from the improv and D from the improv are calling me. Going, Skyler, Robert Pattison was in the crowd last night, you know, from Twilight. Shut up. Yeah. And he is so pissed about what you did. He tweeted and said this. He goes, I don't know this comic's name, but someone find out what his name was. It was the most vile and wrong joke ever. I guess he knew Heath or something. Yeah. And so then Us Weekly contacts me trying to confirm if I did that. I totally denied it because I was so scared of the back because they were going to write a, a story. I hate backlash. Yeah. I, I, maybe I should have just taken it. It might have got me a lot of attention. Now, in retrospect, you look back and you're like, oh, I fucking take the charge. Yeah, exactly. But in the moment, you're like, just go away. I just I said, I, I didn't it. say that. They're like, oh. 
They're like, well, we need confirmation you did this, uh, you know, because they don't want to get sued, you know. Yeah. I go, I didn't do it. I go, I think some comic did do that, though. I don't know his name. And that just, and then they didn't write the story. Uh, the New York Times wanted me to talk about my story about taking acid and go to Disneyland. And I was like, no, you're out of your fucking mind. And they're like, well, it's interesting. I think it's a good story, and we'd love to like kind of profile it. And I went, nope, not like I didn't realize how perilous that is to a guy who wants to take his kids to Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to ever besmirch or besmut whatever that fucking word is. My relationship with them. So God forbid I get on the fucking no attend list. Yeah, right. Because I'm making fun of the fucking the the mouse. And- well, hey, I, dude, look look what that guy just. You know about that movie, right? That yeah. Just, I mean, like he did even worse. I, you know, like I, I thought that movie was gonna get was gonna do better, but it didn't do that well. So um, so wait, so. I, I wanted to get back to the bank. So you're, you're when did you start? I forgot what we were talking about. Well, I don't know how we got on to, we got on to, um, don't worry about it. Uh, oh, I said, um, what comics, uh, I, you were saying who, you were saying, oh, I, I can talk to Joey the way that I talked to Ari. And oh, yeah, yeah. But no, but somehow, I was more curious. I was more curious. Um, oh, Segura. So, well, keep your thought. Okay. But, but Segura did a joke the other day about Michael J. Fox in his new show on NBC. I can't remember all of it. I'm going to butcher it, but he just said something like, you know, like, you know, they're making me watch this program. You know, like, I like my happiness. I like my sanity. Like, and I'm supposed to just be okay that this guy is shaking all of, like, he just did this whole ballsy bit about, a lot of people would be scared to do that at the improv. It's a very industry-heavy, you know, room. And, yeah. like, they'd be scared of, but he's, he doesn't have a lot of fear. And that's why He's like pretty fearless about, yeah. in every respect. And I'll, Almost to the point where sometimes I go, you know, there is shit to be afraid of. Let's yeah. say, he's like swimming out in the ocean, fucking naked, yeah, and just and like what treading water, like yeah. like like uh, I remember hearing this story. Ah, it's fucking pointless. I won't even say it. But I, well, I take it back. There was a. I remember hearing a story about an autistic kid who got swept out to sea. Whoa. For like, I want to say like a couple hours. Whoa. He got swept out to sea and he survived. Yeah, he survived. He was just he was just kicking away. You're like, yeah, a whale swallowed him. He was in an air. No, bubble. but like, but like, he had no. He had. I think he was hypothermic. Uh, it was, I want to say it was in New Smyrna. I think he was. And New Smyrna is the shark attack capital of the world. And that's why sometimes I look at buns. Like that kid had no clue that he didn't. He, he, he's more oblivious to his intimate surroundings, mm-hmm. you know, than he is like the externals of like there's sharks in these waters. I need yeah. to fucking worry. That kid's just like he loved swimming and he just kind of swam out and they fucking he was out there for like two hours and they came yeah. out. On a boat and they got him. I think he was swept out to sea, but that's buns. When he does stand up, he just is fucking fearless, like yeah. completely fearless. Um, yeah, I love him. I love Push. I get a kick out of both of them. They're probably my wife and our closest friends. Um, we we do a lot of shit with them. But Tommy and who? Tom is buns and Christina is Push. Why? Uh, I did not. I don't like uh, the names uh, Kristen, Christina, Chris. Christina, Christiana, you hate those, like okay. all those names. I always mixed them up. Yeah, and uh, and so I, um, Christine. I just whenever I have a friend like that, like I have uh, Christine Pierce, I just call Pierce. Mm-hmm. And then Pajinsky is her last name. But I wanted, I was like, I'll just make it Push. So I started calling her Push when we first started hanging out, and it stuck. And Tommy, we've I've always just called Buns. She didn't take his name when she when they got married. No, who wants fucking Segura? No I'm kidding. <laughs> I like Segura. I like that name Segura. <coughs> no, she's got, she had a Segura. career before her, him. She was on. Dude, Tom, Tom Segura could fit amongst like important na- like Tom Hanks, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Tom Segura. Tom Segura. I could totally he see would that have been in a like great, a fucking. He would have been a great, extremely loud, incredibly close type trailer. <laughs> he would have been a great diplomat in Peru. 
he would have been a perfect diplomat, like the kind that drank early in the morning and wore those Panama hats and that's was funny. always sweating and smoked cigars. That's put. That's that's buns. No wait, um, you know she was on Real World before or Road Rules before. Who Christina? Brzezinski. I don't really know her well. I know oh, really? I've met her. Because me and Tommy both were like open for Jay at the same time, and I know I've met her, uh, yeah. but I don't really, I don't, I've not, I have not had like a ton of conversations with her. Yeah, I don't think she ever really hung out in that scene. She was more uh, like hang out in the room, kind of. Yeah. Um, no. What is? Um, wait, sweet. So when did you come out here, and how did you get con? Well, I came out here uh, September thirteenth, two thousand. I was a PA at first. Um, my dad's college roommate. Uh, produced uh, Rescue 911 and he um, also he's the creator and producer of uh, um, uh, Caesar the Dog Whisperer and he also did my Big Fat Greek Wedding real successful guy named Jim Milio and so he let me live with him and I was just learning from him I was living with him being a PA getting coffee getting kookaroo just doing whatever driving around and I got fired after three months because I was late all the time so um, I have a punctuality issue, as you've seen. Um, so, <laughs> yesterday, we were supposed to do this yesterday. I'm like, hey, man, yeah. I'm running late. You're like, well, that doesn't work for me because I got to be somewhere. Yeah, I had to pick and up the girls. Late, you're like, where are you? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I, I, I'm running late all the time. So, yeah. wait, so, you, so you come out here and you start learning from him? I started learning from him. He was, he, he's a great guy. Um, he taught me a lot about this town. Um, and, um, but when, when he fired me, uh, night and he did it. Night. Like, he called me. It wasn't like you're done. Fuck you. Yeah, we're still friends. Like uh, he um, he brought me and he's like Skyler, you're you're not cut out for being a PA yeah. or for that matter any production work. You're definitely here to make people laugh and you need to focus on that. Yeah. And, I mean, because all I was trying to do was I didn't really I wasn't a comic when I moved here. I have to be very honest about that. I know a lot of people are like oh yeah I, I came up in Indiana and then I you know then I went to Chicago. I did like maybe five spots locally where I'm from. And just tried it out. One time was at a party, by the way. I just said, hey, guys, I want to try this out. I literally had no mic, and I just told stories. You know what I mean? It was more like – it was very more like Henry Rollins or John Leguizamo type stuff. Just stories. There were no jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, There were just funny beats. But then when I got out here, I have to admit, I was very intimidated by stand-up when I got here. People are always like, Skylar, you're fearless. You don't get scared of me. I mean, I am a very ballsy person, but – I had, the first time in my life I ever got scared was the first Laugh Factory show I ever attended. Um, uh, well, actually, it was the second one because in Labor Day weekend in 98, I visited out here. Uh, I was 18, and my uh, dad was filming a commercial out here. My dad writes commercials. And so he brought me out, and we stayed at a really nice hotel in La Cienega. And the first night out here, he goes, do you want to go see some comedy? It seems like that's what you want to do. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to. Takes me to the Laugh Factory. Um, one of the greatest lineups ever. Um, uh, Dane before he was Dane, just yeah. absolute nobody. He was always then. Dane. Well, yeah, yeah, but like you know, <laughs> like in my opinion, I, he was I, like I remember watching him, and I mean he in, he intimidated anyone that that got on that stage. Well, it, but at that time, since I didn't really know if I wanted to be a comic, I knew I wanted to be an actor for sure. Yeah, and that's I, I consider myself an actor before a comic, an actor who does stand up for therapy. I don't you know I don't get up every night like everybody. I don't hang at the store every night. I don't do six spots a night. I, yeah. I don't even headline on the road a lot. I might do like seven weekends a year. Like I'm you know I very much focus on acting. And um, but at the time I didn't know which way I wanted to go. Dane actually inspired the fuck out of me. I saw him and I'm like. 
Ooh, a yeah. high energy type thing. That's fun. I, you know what I mean? Because I hadn't seen somebody like that since like Jim Carrey. Like he he jumped on the stage and I thought I was watching a velociraptor. I think we all felt that way that when he got on stage, I remember thinking, oh, he's doing this different than I've ever seen. Oh, him. dude, I got so excited by him. I didn't know. Who, and by the way, I walked away being most excited about him. And on this lineup that night was him, Ralphie, Adam Sandler, Jay Moore, um, Chris Spencer, and I don't remember the other comic, but that was the lineup. Talk about a great fucking lineup, dude. Oh, uh, yeah. It was amazing. And so I, I, I was excited that Adam Sandler was there, but he didn't really tell jokes. You could tell he was already past doing spots. Yeah. And he might have just been a Greenblatt's eating going, hey, I'm just going to go tell a story on stage. So And that's how he treated it. It was pretty funny, but it, it was a lot of fame laughter. And so he got off stage. I went over and got a picture with Adam Sandler, tried to talk to him. I go, I'd love some advice on how to do this. And he didn't really want to talk. You know, yeah. he took the photo and walked. Away. Wedding singer had just come out. I mean, he he could not. Oh wow, wow, yeah, yeah, apex. yeah. You know, but Jay, I, I asked him for advice. Jay sits me down for forty five minutes. Uh, sits me and my dad down, gives me all this advice, and then he goes, "Hey, let me do you a quick favor, real quick." Walks me in, walks me over to uh, uh, Jamie Masada. He goes, um, he goes, "Hey, this is one of my good friends." Uh, it, it, like, he, he, what's your name? I go, Scott. This is one of my good friends. He's gonna come out and do comedy one day. You remember him? And when I came out. Jamie remembered me because of that fucking moment. That's how I kind of got in at the Laugh Factory. Um, and um, but, dude, I remember seeing Dane and just going like, "What the fuck, dude?" I, I got really inspired by it. Then I come out here in 2000, and very similar lineup. The first night out here, just coincidentally, Jay's on the lineup, uh, Chris Rock's on the lineup, and like five other comics. And Jay remembered me. Actually, he didn't remember my name, but he just remembered I was from Michigan. I wanted to be a comic. And um, uh, that night, I got really intimidated because I'm like, "Well, I, I'm not." I, I, I I would go to the fr- you know the Laugh Factory Friday ten o'clock show that's the best of the best dude like whoever's like in that zone at that time I watched all of them and I was like I can't well, it's do the this. best of the best to work at the Laugh Factory yeah yeah I guess it's not the best of the best I mean I don't know it, to me it was there really now good. that you're a professional comedian I'm sure you realize it's not the best of the best I mean like it's it's a good lineup but yeah. like I mean in my opinion at that same time I was at the Improv and the people working the Improv were Sarah Silverman. Fucking yeah. uh, Zach Galifianakis, Tosh. I mean, those are the best. I mean, the, in the, like at that time, I remember going to the improv, at, literally going to Laugh Factory and going, so these are the people that Jamie wants to represent. Yeah, yeah, I, I understand It's that. very nepotistic, and, and you pick one or the other. Um, it, like, oh, I'm you, more of an improv guy. Myself. I'm more of an improv Jamie guy, hates too. Me, so I, I have to yeah. be. Um, and I get along with Rita, you know, and everybody at the improv, and that's where my monthly show is, you know. Um, but I, I'm not not taking away from anyone who forms the Laugh Factory. I just I remember th- realizing at a certain time. Well, I'm not gonna like like the I did. I was not a fan of who was working that club other than Dane, yeah. like Dane and Ralphie. I dug, but like like there were some people that I just didn't understand how they were getting spots. What and about not, Harlan? Harlan? I mean, you were a fan of his, weren't you? He, no, Harlan was gone by the time I I was there. At, he at was the factory? there. Yeah, he was there a little bit, but I think he was in. I want to say he was in Denver. When I was working the club the most, but I, like I said, I never really worked it too much. Like I just, I never. Harlan really lived in Denver for a little bit. I, I maybe I That's don't funny. know. I, I love. I never. That guy. I saw. Do you know I Harlan saw Harlan. Well? Yeah, I saw a little bit. Have I you s- had him on the podcast? No, he's so brilliant. I, I saw Harlan uh, one time. Bob, Bob, uh, Bob Marley was really fucking. Talented. Oh, Bob Marley could just. I don't. Even, does he still live out here? He was on that. That's the last comic I was trying to remember. Ninety eight when I visited. Bob Marley was a fucking amazing. Oh, I mean, dude, the, 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 there was a time where the Laugh Factory. I was like, I was like, this is fucking bananas, you know, fucking. But it was. Uh, but I will say this in all fairness. 
the only reason I say that is because Dane was so fucking good. Yeah. It didn't matter who went on. I mean, yeah. like, and I go, people shit on Dane, and, and you're allowed to. You're allowed to take shots at people you don't know. And because and there's no repercussions, it, dude, I will retarded. never take a shot at Dane that ever, that because was such a fucking bullshit thing that happened to him. Like, and, and, and the timing in which it happened for everyone to shit on him. His most brilliant thing he ever did was go, you know what? I'm going to do isolated incident. I'm going to do an hour long show, one take, one shot, not cutting away from anything. And that was the most honest piece of stand up he ever did. Talking about, you know, what it's like to have both your parents die of fucking I don't, cancer. I don't. And I'll tell you one thing. I, right after both his parents died, I ran into him at the improv. And he was such a literally a different person yeah. that I mean I like I was like man you really seem like like and he's like it's perspective man I fucking my life's been turned upside down but I I I will he say he got that- the world handed to him on a platter and then the, the the people that made that possible for him taken away at the same time and then the world shit on him and I just hated that I hated seeing that happening we had we Dane's had been nothing but awesome to me we had some mutual friends who were pretty shitty to him too. That uh, that you know that were that were f- not that I don't know were jealous of him I guess at times and and I think you know look I was jealous I was jealous I just never said anything out loud because I was so below him he could have helped me not be jealous he became like and I don't give a shit if people think it's crazy he was the Eddie Murphy of this generation all of a sudden he's a rock star he's not a comedian yeah he's a he's, he, look what has and see Kevin Hart's getting a fair shake at it now he's the rock star and people aren't really shitting on him well you know? it, it was it was um let's see if there's a way to be fair about this well, we live in snarky times well, we live yes. in a Chelsea lately Daniel Tosh point oh by the way I, talk I, soup I, yeah. times I'm not making fun of those three people no, I'm yeah. just saying we live in like like if you look back when like you became a celebrity in the Carson era, it was all about love. You came on that show, you weren't ripped apart. And yeah. It wasn't about ripping apart the world. It was jovial. We just had some bourbon backstage, and we might even be drinking bourbon on the couch. Yeah, Good times. Rat I love that. By the way, packish vibes. Yeah, we don't live in those times anymore. It's, we live in fucking attack each other on a podcast. Attack each. If you do one wrong thing in public, TMZ's on your ass. Tosh is on your ass. Chelsea lately is on your ass. Everybody's on you. Can't make a mistake in this society. It's all videotaped and it's out there. Yeah, and and but and and I I would say that they're like like I just uh, turned my Twitter so that um, so that I only can read the uh, comments from the people I follow. So I was like I was like that's interesting. Yeah, because I was like I was like why not like why not yeah just see stuff from my friends like like I, yeah. I I fucking love that. But um but yeah I think I think it's I think it's a little. People felt like he cheated because he Who? did it by Dane. Oh. Because he did it, he got famous through the internet. Oh, that's and such the bullshit. internet was so new. Uh, to people. How about he's a pioneer for fi- like I sell out my monthly show every month now because watching what the way that he used social media, yeah? it changed the game. Oh, it changed the game forever. But it was the first person to change the game. Yeah, literally the first person to change yeah. the game and the first person to change the game. A lot of people go, "Well, I was. I'm not doing it that way. That's bullshit." Now everyone's doing it that way. Well, now everyone does it that way. I can understand. Okay, there's a certain element of. Uh, I'm sure there's some anger in some people. He not only did he change the game, he he made it so you actually have to work harder in some ways and also it made it easier but although now like, you have to update all these different sites you know what I mean because of the way that he did it and I think what people get mad about is you know they think about Pryor and they're like well all Pryor had to do was be funny and then like you know like and, and then after Pryor like you know the ways that you made it were like you know 
you went to Aspen and you killed and you got a development deal, or you went to you know Montreal and you like those days are all like you know yeah. But do, by the way, people shit on those guys just like they shit on Dane. The guys, true. the guys who would go in like Chicken. Do you remember him? Who Chicken? I don't know who that is. Chicken was uh, Michael Roof. Okay. He was a guy that went to Montreal, got a half a million, $750,000 development deal. Those, those are gone, by the way. <laughs> well, they're gone because of chicken. Uh, he he was the – but people shit on him because they were like, he's got no talent. Well, you know, who knows if he had or didn't. He's killed himself since. But yeah, what? yeah. Oh, you've never heard the story of chicken? Is that the guy that jumped on the comedy store? No. no oh. That was the – the What? 70s. <laughs> Oh, I don't know what we're no, talking about. Chicken was so it's it's a really fascinating story. I love that you just started laughing. So, at that. Yeah, no, there was like there's a book about that when oh. when stand up stood out. It's really fucking good. Oh wow. Oh, it's you go, you should read it. So, um, Chicken was a guy, Michael Roof. He was from uh, Dunellen in Florida, which is a very kind of working class, you know, poor wh- white uh, and black. I'm sure too, but mm-hmm. um, and he was doing stand up up down the southeast and. Uh, and he got discovered, and they got him a deal at, to go to Montreal, and he went to Montreal. What year he, is this? This is 97. Okay. No, no. This is, uh, uh, yeah, 97. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Uh, it's when I, it was when I was 26. Okay. I went, probably 98, 99, right okay. around then. So he gets a deal, goes to Montreal, does one set, and he fucking kills it, murders, and there's a bidding war. And he gets offered from the WB. Uh, f- fucking half a million, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars for a development deal. They want to make a show starring him and his manager. I think Dave Becky. This is all. I don't remember if this is true or not, but this is how it went down. I think cancels the rest of his shows. You're done. Don't get on stage again. You had a great set. We got the money. Let's fucking bounce. Comes out to L.A. Does like a showcase and kind of, like it was packed. I was there. Anthony Michael Clark was there. Anthony Michael Clark. Anthony Clark was there. Anthony Clark, yeah. And <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall fucked Anthony, Anthony Clark and made Anthony. Yeah. And so, and uh, it was packed. And I uh, and he went up and he didn't do all that good. It was a lot of high energy stuff. wasn't a lot of material. But uh, he gets a show called Hype. Him and Frank Caliendo they merge both their deals and they turn into a show called Hype. And he he is the star of Hype, but he doesn't have the power to carry a show. And nor and nor does Frank at the time. Although Frank is so talented, he was like. They were like, we'll just plug him into anything. I mean, Frank can fucking literally could have a show tomorrow if he chose to. Yeah, he's uber talented. Yeah, and so and, and never met him, but he's he's talented. But Michael Roof necessarily wasn't good at impressions, and he wasn't he had didn't have any experience. Uh-huh. So the show fails. He gets a couple parts in like in like Triple um, X mm-hmm. uh, with Vin Diesel, and he did like he was like the the special forces guy that cut, puts together the car or whatever. And he he did raising the roofs with FX, which was a like a documentary about his family moving out to LA, a bunch of rednecks, like, uh, and and then uh, starts doing the road, and he's got a family, and um, and then you know the, just it wasn't the way he planned it, and and I think he was going through some problems. He, a lot of good friends, uh, Reno Collier was a good, you know, Reno, no, Reno Collier who's tours with Larry the Cable Guy and is an amazingly talented comic who moved to Atlanta and I told him by the way that was the most horrible idea he could ever have like one night drunk at the improv and next thing you know he's touring with Larry the Cable Guy he's like yeah. fucking huge sure selling out fun. theaters now yeah. Reno Collier's was good friends with him uh, um, how'd he kill himself uh, hung himself in a hotel oh, room on God. the road Oh, like he was just like done and and he but what was really sad it was it was like the India industry kind of like set him set him up to fail. They gave him all this money and then they chewed him up, spit him out, and then he just was like, like, like how do I how do I get back? And the industry isn't 
isn't the most forgiving place. I mean, they'll will take you back, but you got to fucking like work your way back up, get on the road. And I don't think he looked at the road like, like I don't want to fucking be on the road. I, he doesn't. I don't think he even had a passion for stand up. I think he ultimately wanted to be like an actor. Yeah. But it's a heartbreaking story. And I gotta be honest with you, the guy wasn't that nice to me when I met him. You know, I, I don't, I don't know love loss. So a lot of people shit on him, huh? A lot of people shit on him, and he wasn't. A lot, he wasn't. Let's let me be fair in defending a, a dead man. Uh, he, uh, I think a lot of people wanted to see him fail, mm-hmm. and so I'm sure he had his walls up. Mm-hmm. So when I did meet him, I was with Reno, Reno, and Reno introduced me, and he was very standoffish and kind of dismissed me. And I was like, and Reno's like, no, don't worry, but you know, but but he had been given a dickload of money. He had been given the keys to the kingdom by WB. He was the they had just created the WB, I want to say, and he was the star show on the WB. See, I can relate to that because when I got here, I was intimidated by that. But when I came to my first show after that one in '98, when I visited in 2000, when I watched my first show, I was like, oh, I'm not ready for stand up. I focused majorly on acting. And then I focused majorly on pranks, which is why Khan was born. But when when I when you have to understand, I didn't do stand up for the you know it's people are like when did you start stand up? I'm like uh well ninety eight is the first time I did it. Oh so you've been a comics in ninety eight? No, I really don't feel that way because I got here, I got intimidated. I didn't do it from two thousand to two thousand four. Yeah. So that's not a, a normal comics. So when you say like Thune and Owen and uh, Pete Holmes and these guys coming to town to have this meteoric rise in stand up, I didn't have that. So. You know, I created Con. I sold Con in 2004. Then people were like, "Well, I heard you do stand up too." And I'm like, "Oh, how'd you do that?" Like, I just, I, I don't know. People say that you used to do stand up, or you still do it. I'm like, "Well, I did it, and then I just didn't do it when I got here." And so Ben Glebe got me a spot, a guest spot at um, factory, the Laugh Factory, when he had a, a, a college night there. And so you know, it was basically like the the baby before Comedy Juice was birthed. It was, it was like that's where him and Scotty started their first show. And I did it. And I have to remember, like when I got there. My my ads were all over Comedy Central that time, so comics weren't that nice to me yeah. because I didn't do the normal route of new faces at the Improv, open mic on a Tuesday at the Factory, you know, hang out at the store begging for three minutes on a Sunday. Like I didn't do any of that. I had a show on Comedy Central, and then I walked in and said, "All right, guys, I do stand up." And th- th- a lot of comics were not having that, dude. No, they, yeah, they were not that friendly to me, you know. Some well, were. Jeff Ross was very friendly to me. Jay Moore was very friendly. To me. A lot of comics were, but like there were guys that were. I felt like they. You just said that we're looking at chicken. Like I felt like people were like, I can't wait till this kid show gets canceled. Yeah, you know I mean, like, well, a lot of people. I think that's natural in every comics, and and yeah. and I think that uh, you know that I, I it's it's we feel like there should be rules to working your way up and getting famous because if there's rules, then it makes sense why. That we're next in line. It gives yeah. us like a, a secured feeling, and I think you know everyone. It was one of the thing. One of the things was that everyone loved so much about Dane was that he hadn't gotten famous. So it made sense that the that the system was broken. That if Dane's not famous, then then you know what the system's just fucking broken. And then when he got famous, everyone's like, "I'm sorry." So wait, the rule is you have to work hard all fucking day long, yeah. and you got to do sets every fucking night, and you got to be. All- uber passionate and almost psychotic about the business to well, fucking like, dude, get... he was one of the most focused individuals ever. Still is. He still is, yeah. You know, um, uh, you know, he he was a guy that got up all the time. Dude, he got an apartment right next to Laugh Factory so he could just walk there yeah. and, and do his shit. You know what I mean? So Yeah, he's... Uh, but yeah, he really think... lived in an apartment that um, both uh, Steve Martin and Jim Belushi lived in? Yeah. That's crazy. The Kennedys owned that. The what? The Kennedys owned that. That was their, like, compound in L.A. when they come out to party. Do they still own it? 
Uh, probably. I'm sure they somehow. Hmm. It's a pretty. Have you ever been to his place? I haven't. No, oh, I fucking! It was pretty badass. Was the apartment nice? Yeah, too? it was pretty like fucking jaw dropping. I remember when I moved out, Barry Katz was like, "Papa, you can be one of two people. You can live in a great fucking place and pay some money because you got the money, or you can try to save your money and live in a shithole." And he was like, "There are certain people like Dane who like nice things." And I was like, "Wow!" So I went over to Dane's place. Did Barry represent you? Yeah, for a long time. How long? Mm, Ten years. No shit. Yeah, ten years. How did that end? I, f- I fired him. Really? Yeah. Why? Uh, I, uh, I, I could say a number of things. I will say that I did not, I did not provide him enough work to be super interested in me. That's mm. the fairest way to say it. I felt like I wasn't getting a lot of attention, and I felt like a lot of things were slipping through the crack. I think he had a lot of big clients that he was trying to, you know, manage their careers. So I remember one time, uh, he was. Barry very seldomly drank, like never drank. And I remember one time. I don't know if I've ever seen him drink. Yeah, uh, I remember one time seeing him drink. I want to say he drank a Shirley Temple with vodka in it. Mm-hmm. And we were at the downstairs of the Boston Comedy Club. And he just he just said to him, he said to me, you know, I'm fucking done with fucking making people famous. Like, when's my turn? <laughs> going oh the writing's on the wall like i need to get the fuck out like 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 and and now i think he's doing that quite honestly i think he's making a name for himself in this business with his podcast you ever listen to his podcast i have i listened to the fucking good well it's he's a really good honest advice on how to and not to do some things he's 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 given some great advice very I, i will never shit on barry to anyone i will think i will tell you one thing I think if he is interested in you, he can make magic happen. He made magic happen for me a number of times. Um, I think he he gave me some of the greatest advice. He was such a great inspire. He could inspire you to do things that you didn't know you were capable of doing. Um, those were all great things. He was very difficult to uh, talk to and argue with. Like you'd have to come in with a, sh- a list with stuff on a piece of paper because if you didn't, he would confuse you and he'd have you walking out going. I just think, did I just agree to give him 20%? Like, <laughs> he's just one of those, like, really good. You know, that's why you want that's what you want that as a manager. You want that from him as a manager. But it just, I just wasn't happy there. And uh, <clears throat> I went over to Levity and I'm fucking, I, since the day I left Barry, I've worked every single fucking day. Wow. Every single fucking day I've worked and I, I don't have any complaints. And every dream that I've ever dreamt for myself is set up to be actualized like within the next four months so oh, wow. i have no complaints i, I he all, you know there was some I, I would say there was it was a very unhealthy uh there was a lot of unhealthiness during that period of my life with uh with a lot of things and i and i'm i'm glad to be past it i'm glad to be fucking like where i'm at now do you I'm, run into him uh no but if i did i'd well you've never I've, seen him one day since you let go of him no what year was that oh wait i saw him one time i saw him one time he told me uh uh, my hour special was going to come out, and he said to me, he goes... Was it a Comedy Central special? Yeah, he goes, let me tell you something, Papa. No one's going to see it, okay? I'm giving you a heads up. And I want you to lose your stomach and get upset. These things. <laughs> he goes, I, I'm going to compliment you before I give you the honest truth. He's like... He does that a lot. And he's like, you're in a handful of the top artists in your profession. How many people do you think have had an hour special? And I was like, I don't... It, like, it's like that kind of conversation for me ultimately is not what i want in life i don't want to be having that conversation with anyone about like where you where we play in games you know like we're like when i talk to judy now it's fucking hey this is what's happening 
Okay, what do you want to do? Yeah. And then you're like, uh, let's do this. All right, great. Or I can call her and go, hey, I'm unhappy about this. Can you make sure that this d- happens a different way f- f- with these people? You and, and your she'll wife. Be like, she'll be like, Judy. No, Judy, my manager. Oh, sorry. Oh, kind okay. of my wife. Like, yeah, I've, I have. Yeah, like yeah. she. But she just is. That's the way we operate. Barry loved. Barry is a is a little bit of a, a performer, and he loved to talk in like, in like uh, like scenarios and and. And you know, and I, and it just would it would confuse me, and then I'd just be sitting there like, "What the fuck did he just say? Like, who, how the fuck did this?" But he was like, he was like, "You're on a top handful of your performers, and it's fine. It's a great thing." Now, here's the bottom, the bad news: How many of these hour specials do you think turn people into stars? And I'm like, I don't know. He's like, one percent, one percent. So you got to understand, nothing's gonna happen with this. Jesus, and and you, but it was, it, but it's Barry, and that's the way he talks to you, and and. You can't. I mean, it's like you just if you're not cool, then don't fucking be his manager. By the way, he wasn't even representing me when we had this conversation. We were just talking. I I reached out to him once. Um, I I I was in a bad place and needed a new rep. And uh, you know, usually you should let people reach out to you. You know, you, you shouldn't kind of go with with your your groveling to a rep. Like, hey, will you represent me? But you know, I knew him and I knew he knew me and I knew he respected me because he had paid me compliments. Like, I think on Twitter or something or. He told some. Oh no, I, I remember. One time I ran into him in Malibu, and he had his kids, and he and he told his kids, he goes, "This is one of the finest acting comedians you'll ever see. He's actually he's an actually good actor. He, he his can, kids are beautiful. Oh, they really are, right? Dude, he's got two stud sons. Yeah, stud so sons. So I um I uh, uh, I reached out to him, and, he, and we sat down, and he wrote me back right away. I'm like, I'd love to sit down and talk to you, man. I'm trying to figure out the next phase of my career, and you know, I was hinting at like, you know, I'm interested in maybe working with you. So he had me come in. And it was a great meeting. I mean, I could listen to him talk forever. He really does know a lot, man. I was in there probably two and a half hours. <laughs> and uh, we talked for a long time. But he ended it with, it, like, he tried to, like, tell me what has happened to me. Like, he said, you know, look, here's the deal. You know, you came out here. You got a lot of attention. Things happened for Skylar. It's amazing. For a guy who can do amazing impressions, you cannot do a Barry to save your life. I don't, I'm not really actually trying, you know. Um, try. Uh, you want me to try? <laughs> the, the, I'm going to give you – you want a real impression of Barry? Yeah. This is my real impression of Barry, okay? Well, no I'll one does it better than watch. Jay, dude. No. Uh, no. No. I don't know. Jay's is pretty good. Uh, trust me. Ben Gleaves is you. terrible. Ben tried to do it. It is terrible. No, Elon Gold has the best one. Oh, uh, I don't know him. Elon Gold has the best one. Um, everyone's a derivation of Elon Gold. I think he was the first one to do it back in the fucking day. Mm-hmm. But b- this is a real impression of Barry. Like, this is like not just the voice. This is Barry, okay? Mm-hmm. So you're going to be Skyler, mm-hmm. and I'll be me, okay? Mm-hmm. Hey, Papa, how was the show last week? <laughs> oh, it was great. Yeah, I, I killed. And he just stares. And he waits for you to keep talking so that you tell him all the information that you don't, would never tell a fucking soul because yeah. you're uncomfortable with silence and he yeah. just stares at you <laughs> and you're like, it was good. I had a couple beers. I shouldn't be drinking. And then I hit yeah. somebody. I, I, I hit I, my father. I killed a homeless man. <laughs> and Barry's like, and then you realize he's not even listening. He's on typing an email. Yeah. But yeah, I, 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 I love Barry. He's a great guy. I have nothing negative to say about him. I will t- I'll be honest about my relationship with him and why I left him. But I love Barry. I, I, oh, I'm not being negative. Yeah. But I just, what I don't I think you're being negative about him at all. What I didn't understand was he broke me down at the end, and I, I get that he's he's all about like making you feel like he's very honest, which he obviously is. He is very honest. But he goes, he just said, um, he goes, you came out of here, a lot of things happened for you, it didn't work out, um, and I'm like, huh? Like he goes, you know, um, you know, you had a moment. There's a moment where everybody's, you know, like who is this guy? 
and then you know um you know, and then you uh, have a couple personal issues. Because I was honest with him in the meeting and said, you know, there are a couple of years where I hit the he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't understand uh, partying. Oh, he can't yeah. he can't wrap his head around someone who would use drugs or drink. I, I, I want to say that must have been in his family or something. I don't. I think his father passed away when he was really young. I don't, but I. But, but well, then he just said to me, he goes, he goes. So that now you know now you're back you know uh, on on the rise and you're trying to turn things around. But I've got news for you. It's way harder the second time around, you know, if you think the percentage of the first time around. See, but I'm, I'm looking. I'm like, I, I know it's hard. Like, I, I don't understand how he thought he was giving me new. Like, yeah. I know it's hard. And I know this. Like, well, it, it is easier to come and have a boom and just, like, keep going. You know, but, like, dude, like, even like, going back around to, like, Owen Benjamin and Thune, like, those guys had a meteor, meteor. How do you say it again? Meteoric, meteoric rise. Remember <laughs> they got here, and then they plateaued for a second. And Owen just finally got on um, Sullivan and Son, and now he's you know back. Like he had a lull, and he and, and went back up. Yeah, and- but a, you know what? It, here's the thing. Like it's, I guess the ultimate truth is, hey, if you want to feel good, call your mom. If you want the truth, call Barry. You know, like yeah. Barry will tell you the truth of what he thinks. Now, I don't think his. But he told me like I didn't know that. Yeah, and I and I, I know and, it's hard. Yeah, and I, but I, and I I would actually I would never talk to someone like that. Because I don't think that – here's the thing that's so fucking crazy is this business is not set up like that. You did not – there is – you did not come out here a household name and then flop in front of everybody. You no, what you I did flopped is you, in front of the town a you, little bit. No, not even. Yeah. Dude, a lo- everyone has a show that gets canceled. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. I remember my first show that got canceled, my, my producer, Mark Cronin, who – Love Cronin. Love Cronin. He pulls me aside. He goes, "Hey, I'm going to tell you the heart. I'm going to tell you the the good news. The good news is you're in the majority. Everyone's show gets canceled. The bad news is every show you're ever going to be on is going to get canceled. So get used to it." And I was like, "You're right." And I, and that's the truth. You did not flop in front of anyone. You were a household name to a handful of comics who mm-hmm. who had seen your show and who wanted you to fail probably. Mm-hmm. And then when you do start coming back, people then in. We comics are the most deceiving cunts in the world. We yeah. welcome you back. We're like, oh, guess who's coming back in the scene? Hey, man, loved your show. You know that's mm-hmm. how comics work. Had you been a hit, every comic would have fucking hated your guts. But I don't. I see- feel like comics do hate my guts. I don't feel liked in the community. I don't. I, th- I, really? feel, I don't know. I feel. I'm sure you've heard someone talk shit on me before. I've never heard anyone talk shit about you. Dead serious. Are you serious? I'm being dead serious. I've never heard anyone. I've no, heard things. Say this I've to heard Owen things all the time. Like- Owen goes, "That is so your own thing." He goes, "You just think that." He's like, "I don't know." He goes, that's a that's gonna be a big issue for you. He's like he used to say that to me a lot. I'm like you're telling me someone. To, I, I I feel like people. I don't know. I feel like they talk shit about me. Yeah, I don't think they do. Hmm. I don't think I don't think anyone. Look, I th- uh, there is. I used to think. Uh, I used to think the same thing. I used to think people hated me. In no one business. says anything bad about you, Bert, dude. You're like a lovable teddy bear, dude. Yeah, but uh, but I used to think people disliked me, and and then I realized, oh, you know what? I've been thinking about all day is me. Yeah, and that's like that's who everyone every comic thinks about them the, the entire time. I used to Google people's fucking uh, to- websites and see their tour dates and be like fucking obsessed. Yeah. I remember I was obsessed with how much Daniel Tosh toured. I remember Gary and Goldman and I looked at his website together at a coffee bean, and we were like, "Dude, this guy's on the road every fucking day. Like, what the fuck? I've never yeah. even I've never even seen him on anything." Like Gary and I were like, "Gary's been on like late night talk shows. I had my own TV show twice." I'm like, yeah. "Who the fuck is this guy?" And I remember running into Tosh. Having had a conversation with him a million times over my head at the improv, and I was like, and he was really nice. He was like, "Hey, how you doing? I'm Daniel." I was like, "I'm Bert," and he was like, "Hey, nice to meet you." Are you guys boys still? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I if it, let me tell you something. I, I say this out loud. I probably wouldn't actually happen, but if I if I needed something, I could definitely call him. Like if I if I was like, 
if I needed, uh, I don't know what I'd need from him. I don't wouldn't need money, but like uh, whatever. But like advice, or if I wanted to talk to someone about some shit, I could definitely call him. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he's a he's a, one of the fucking nicest guys. Everyone goes, oh, I met Tosh. He was kind of an asshole or whatever. Everyone people have I've opinions. never felt that way about him. I've never felt that way ever. I I think he's very honest. Yeah, like I think he's really brutally honest. But I get a kick out of him. I, Isn't I, it funny though how people love to start rumors about anyone that's doing well? Like. People have started rumors about him. There's been people that are like, "Oh, is he gay?" I'm like, "He's not." Like, why do people? The, I mean, people say the dumbest. Yeah, shit. I've, I've, I've spent a weekend on the road with him. He's not gay. Yeah, I, I know he's not. I, <laughs> I just think it's funny how like somebody gets to the forefront and then like right away the shit comes out. Here's the thing: everyone knows. Fuck, everyone dude. knows the bad people in this business. Yeah, you know for a fact who the bad people are because people tell you that's a bad person. Yeah. Everyone knows who the bad people are and we and we all stay away from those people yeah and we keep them out of our lives and then the good people we we kind of aggregate towards i mean there's there's a reason that the fucking who's the, a star that you met that you were so disappointed to find gene out simmons wow gene simmons was a cunt he was an absolute cunt to me i've never been Wait, treated i met him too somehow and he wasn't that cool he did a cameo in something and i was there and he was really weird to everybody I don't remember what it was. Oh, it was a music video. That was back in my extra days as well. Yeah. He was really weird. Who's an asshole? I, have a, I told a story about it on Rogan's podcast a long time ago, but everyone knows my feelings are fuck Gene Simmons. Nicest man I've ever met that's famous that did not sit disappointment and exceeded my expectations, Henry Winkler. Uh, uh, the, I'll, tell you, I'll, tell you the one, I'll tell you the one that all my crew has worked with. There's two people my crew has worked with that, and I, I only say that because I, like, I, no, like, uh, I have no real... Uh, like I can't really tell if someone's an asshole, like per se nowadays. Like mm-hmm. I like I know that everyone's got their own fucking drama. Gene Simmons is a isolated incident. Um, not to steal from Dane, but uh, but uh, Rogan got huge props from my crew because he showed up like on time, showed up, came up and introduced himself to everyone, took a picture with everyone, and then said goodbye to everyone, and shook everyone's hand, and looked them in the eyes. And they all fucking like all my crew, all, all the people I tour with. When to do the show are all like hardcore, like blue collar working guys carry the fucking gear, mm-hmm. and they fucking love that. That and Colin Quinn, they loved that and Bobby Kelly, they love Bobby Kelly. Wait, hold on, for Travel Channel. Wait, who was the first person you said that everybody? Rogan, 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 Colin Quinn, uh-huh. and uh, Bobby Kelly are like their three favorite dudes. Wow, ever Jason Collins, Jason Rapoy Collins, a pro surfer, they fucking loved Jason him. Who? Ratboy Collins, he's a... Oh, they said Jason Collings. Do you know Jason Collings? I, I do, as a matter of fact. I love Jason. Uh, I, we, we went surfing with Jason Collins and then ran into him, Jason Collings, the comic, right? Mm-hmm. At uh, a road gig he was doing with uh, some girl. Oh, fuck, I forget her name. Really pretty, really funny. Mm-hmm. Fuck, I'm sorry. But yeah, we ran into them. Not um, pretty, com- pretty comics. Who's, who's your, like, go-to, like, uh, who's your your go-to guy like probably your best friend in the business right now my best friend in the business yeah uh, like if i get if i have like i had some i had some uh i had an offer oh shit do i have no no um i had an offer to do something and i was it was like a really great opportunity but it, was really, it could be a really bad opportunity i didn't know and like <clears throat> my go-to calls are like buns i'll call I'll call buns rogan joey Maybe Ari, like if I have like something like like uh, those are my go to calls usually. Like who are your go to calls? Like when you when sh- like say you get offered something big, but you don't know it may really fuck up your career. What do you mean? I don't know. It's hard to explain without me explaining the exact thing. thing so wait, exact you, thing. you mean if I get offered like, something? like advice, advice? Oh, if I need advice, yeah. 
Well, the people I call for advice aren't necessarily my best friends. Really? Like, yeah. I mean, I call Henry Winkler for advice. I have his phone number and I talk to him a lot, but he, we don't hang out. Yeah. You know? Um, He's a good person. I call... One of the sweetest guys in the fucking world. Um, Jim Milio still gives me a lot of advice. The guy I said earlier that I lived with. Uh, Mark Cronin gives me advice. Uh, I've known Mark Cronin for years. Jay gives me advice. Um... Cronin's a fucking great guy to give advice to. He he gave me advice, and I Dane, Dane gives me a lot of good advice. Really? Dane's really, you know what? Dane's just always been there for me. Um, I mean, I've pissed him off a couple times, pissed off everybody a couple times, but he's really always like he always gets back to me, and especially at the height of his career, he probably gave me more advice during that time than ever. I do. I remember fucking hitting up Dane while SNL was happening, saying you're killing it, and he wrote me back during the live broadcast. Are you serious? Oh yeah, Dane's always been really good. Cool. We were in waiting together, so you know, like. And he, I let him know I was a fan right away. We were, you know, in the kitchen, and you know, he had that. You remember that joke he used to do for Burger King, like the pickles and the cheese, and the yeah. cheese and the pickles. So we're cooks and waiting. Me, Louis Guzman, and Dane, and you know, um, we had to put toppings on something, and it, we did a take where I go. Dane, do you mind putting some pickles and some cheese and some pickles on? And uh, totally, they're not going to put that in the movie because that yeah. break, breaks the character, and you know it's a reference to his stand-up. But he remember going, "Oh, respect, cool." And then, you know, I think I won him over that moment, letting him know I was a fan. Uh, but um, Dane's always giving a lot of good advice. Um, I guess like who do I go to like a movie with or hang out with? Yeah, I'm really close with Ben Glebe. Yeah, okay, really close. With so Glebe. like, yeah, Glebe. Glebe's yeah. great, a great um, fucking dude. You know, I don't hang out with him a lot, but I have a lot of good long conversations on the phone with Adam Ray. I think he's a really good dude, and um, you know, he came to me for some advice years ago before he started working a lot and really needed some help and figuring out management stuff. And I, I gave him some advice. And so we've always had a lot of respect for each other. Um, you know, yeah, I don't really, I don't hang out with a, like hang out, hang out with a lot of comics. I used to not. And now I do. Yeah. Like I, I used to just be in a, in a kind of like an isolated, like just me. Yeah. And now I'm a little more like I have a lot of friends that I feel like I can talk to or text with like Al Madrigal and fucking Bill Burr came over and we bullshitted and then did a podcast. But it's like, you know, it's so funny. Forget what fucking friends are because this business is so fucked up. Yeah. And so many people fucking, you know, are so many people are not your friend. My my best friends, like uh, I have two, I have co-best men in my wedding, and uh, neither one of them are in the business, but both used to be. So yeah. I, I think I've been very attracted to like you know people that are you know in that that get out of the business for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> like, Do you think what's your what's your what's your goal in this business? I want to host the MTV Movie Awards. So whatever path takes <laughs> me to that. You know, once I get to the level where I'm such a fucking interesting goal, I'd love to do that. I just love to host that or the VMA. Just I think if you're doing that, you've done something right. I just love to do. I think I could kill. So is that the goal, or is it all the stuff around you that would get you to that point? Both. Like some people go, my goal is to guest host on Saturday Night Live. Like, well, then go ahead and throw that in there too, because since I didn't get it, I, I, I the, re, the way that I got over is tell myself, all right, I'm not meant to be a cast member. I'm going to be a host one day. I'm going to be like Al Baldwin. I'm going to be. I'm going to come do it a bunch of times. Yeah, that would you know? be cool. I, I, yeah, I. I'd love to host SNL. I get the older I get, the more my dreams just kind of fucking come into like real positive, like possible things. Like I go, I just would like to shoot a show in LA. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like yeah. I'm cool with that. Like I'm cool with being a dad and doing the road. I think I got great. Like I think, I think I got to a place where I have a good fan base, and I like I'd love to tour with other comics. Yeah, I'd always wanted to do that for a long time, but I don't think I ever, you know, that would ever made sense. I think now I'm at the time like I'm doing uh, New Year's Eve with uh, with. Um, with uh Benson, Pete Holmes, uh Where? uh Moshe, Natasha and uh, um 
fuck. Uh, the uh, why can't I remember his name right now? He's on. He has. He's on TBS. He's got a show on TBS. Rory Scovel. Rory Scovel. I love yeah. that guy. Yeah. Did so, you see his Conan set? Oh, and TJ Miller is now doing Did it too. You see his Conan set? Nah, but yes, I'm sure I have. But Look I think he's Rory's really. Cole, I think he's set. really fucking funny. But wait, what is his show? And where is it? It's at uh, some Masonic temple. It's like a big theater. What city? San Francisco for New Year's Eve. No shit. Yeah, and so like that's fun. How did you all get on that? Did you help each just, other get it on, or your, just, who, who booked it? Doug Benson. Oh, Doug Benson. So he just selecting people to put. Be I think he decided who he wanted on the show and wow. said, "Hey guys, I'm going to put together the show. It's great money." T.J. Miller is one of those people that uh, I'm a big. Me. I'm a big T.J. Miller he fan. Kills me, dude. and I'll I, tell he's you so why. Funny. He came. He is just nothing but yes and. I love that about him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I get yeah. a kick out of that guy He'll so go much. With it. Yeah, but yeah, he's um, he's, he's an interesting dude. I heard a rumor that he tested for SNL and he got drunk before it. I don't know if that's true or not, and I don't want to start spreading shit. But I could see him like not caring. You know, like, he's got a little bit of that Belushi. I could like, totally see him fuck. not caring. I don't give a fuck. It's part of the being successful in this business and not giving a fuck. Yeah, those people who give a fuck. They just it, they it eats them alive. Yeah, when you don't, when you genuinely don't care, that's when you're the, at your best. Yeah. That's why fucking Andy, Andy Sandberg got that. I bet he really didn't give a fuck. He didn't give a fuck. He was like, <laughs> he was like, I'm going to make it in this business. I'm good looking. I'm funny. Yeah. I can write my own shit. I can shoot my own shit. I know how to post my own shit. Yeah. I don't need anybody. Yeah. That's when you feel you do your best. You're like, I don't need a fucking soul. I still need a lot of people in my life. Who's, so the, gonna, who's the one famous person you wish you, you had their phone number and you could just text them? I can tell you mine right away. Michael Keaton. Really? I wish I just knew Michael Keaton. It's uh, a good question. Um, I'd love to text Keaton right now and go, yo, Bert says what's up, and just have him go, oh, yeah, tell Bert what's up. Okay, Michael Keaton would be a good one. Yeah, I'd love He would be a good one. Um, I, I, I would have thought it would have been Chevy Chase for a while. but uh, After the stories you've heard. Yeah. I, I've heard some stories, and I just go, I guess we probably wouldn't get along. Yeah. That sucks. Um, but, you know, don't believe what you fucking hear. Uh, I had Elliot Gould was a good friend for a while. Oh, shit. Yeah. And he he was well. That doesn't count. It's got to be someone that you wish. I know, from I know but that was one that I didn't expect to see. And well, who are your biggest like, wow. comedy influences? You obviously would like to know that person. I don't have any real big influences right now. We talk. I'm talking about when you're a kid, like Carlin. They're anybody? all dead. They're all fucking dead. Oh, right, they could be dead. No, that doesn't. Yeah, I guess that doesn't work. Yeah, it's got to be. You're famous. gonna tell me there's not someone alive that you wish you knew. There's not an actor. Um, you're like, I'd oh, like to, I, I, Bill yeah. Murray. Wouldn't you love to know Bill Murray? I don't know if me and him would be would click the way I'd want us to. See, that's oh, my I other think thing. You guys would click. That's my thing. I think you guys would click. I, uh, I maybe maybe yeah, Bill Murray would be him. Bill Murray would be He's a pretty Bert-esque, fucking. From what I've heard, I'm, maybe I'm maybe it's just maybe it's just I was a kid when I watched him and I just developed my life to be like him when I grew up. Yeah, that's what I think. I remember uh, Birth Conqueror tested through the roof. Every show I've ever done, I tested through the roof with young boys. Hurt Bert was like fucking massive the numbers were like through the roof with like boys 14 to 18 mm-hmm. and i was like oh let me be there bill murray bill murray defined my personality I, he's so amazing oh completely bill murray fucking chevy chase fletch was one of my favorite movies ever i lived my life like fletch if, if it weren't for fletch I, con wouldn't have happened like just watching him sneak into things and talk his way into things and con people that is that was the birth of con for me just figuring yeah. out how to pull one over on someone because the whole movie he's Act, you know, he's like, it's all ball bearings. You know what I mean? Like, he's like yeah. being that guy. And like, he's just always taking on a character and getting into things. And, you know, I, I like that. I really liked that. I wish I had a better connection with Johnny Knoxville. I know Knoxville. I know. I, I know him. Um, you know a lot of famous people, though. I do. Yeah. Is it from acting? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Are you the kind of person that when you say, hey, man, let's keep in touch, you actually keep in touch? 
For sure. I'm not that person. Oh, I say, well, I, I know you're not. You, you we're yeah. friends. You barely even text me back. Yeah, yeah. I, like, literally, if pe- like people go, hey, we should keep in touch. I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if they don't call me, like, within the next 24 hours, we probably will never speak again. <laughs> I'm really good at keeping over my life. So much so. We're planning our wedding right now. And Nicole is, like, I'm Bridezilla, not Nicole. Like, yeah. I want a big party and a ton of people there. Nicole's like, Skylar, I've been married before. Let's get 12 people and go to fucking Italy and call it a day. You'll thank me. She's like, it's a big waste of money. It's a fucking tremendous waste of money. But you know what? You only get married a couple times. <laughs> You've only been married once, right? I've, yeah, yeah. This is the best fucking... My, my wife's the big fucking... She's the fucking grounding unit in my life. Well, like, she's a badass. She is the reason... She's the reason I started going to therapy. She was like, she was like you need to... You need to fucking... You need to talk about what's going on in your head. Yeah. It's not healthy to fucking just let things sit there. She's the reason I do these cleanses. She's the reason I work out. She's the reason we have a man cave. She's, a, I mean, she's the reason, she's the one, that, the reason that I fucking actualize a lot of my goals because I put it out there. I say it out loud. Yeah. I want to do a sitcom. Well, fucking, I'm doing a sitcom. Uh, I want to do a fucking. Are you oh, doing a sitcom? Yeah. You, you're writing one? No, it's, uh, I mean, no, it, I have a deal over at NBC. Anyway, but yeah, um, my wife got me to start uh, like putting um, positive things out there, and, mm-hmm. and like I mean, she's the reason I fired Barry. She's the reason I have mm-hmm. the friends I have now. I mean, she's just one of those people. She's like just old school. She's very honest with everything you fucking do. But uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. What's uh? So what would be your path to getting to hosting the VMAs? Well, uh, you know, I have a couple plans right now. I, I just wrote a script called "I Used to Be Awesome." And um, it's about a famous therapy trip of mine where I walked into my therapist. You know, 08, 09 were two bad years for me. Um, I was uh, taking Vicodin. I was uh, uh, getting very edgy. My grandpa died, who was my best friend. I know a lot of people say they were close to their grandparents. Like, it was, like, almost unhealthy how close he and I were. Like, I talked to him every day. Like, like we were, like, best friends. Yeah. And um, so he died, and I lost my mind. I wasn't prepared for that. And... Um, it was the writer's strike. The whole world financially was crashing. It was, it was just a, it was a fucking bad year for a lot of people. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. You know what I mean? Um, but a lot of mine was coming from within. It really had nothing to do with as much with my grandpa's death as I thought and as much to do with the writer's strike or the financial crisis I thought. It was all about me. And uh, I ran in crying to my therapist and I, I said, I used to be awesome. <laughs> and he goes, let's talk about that. Yeah. And so we talked about that and I, I, I go, I'm a piece of shit. I go, you know, Barry actually had this tweet uh, the other day. Barry Katz, uh, I really like his tweets, actually. Um, again, I hope it didn't sound like I was saying bad things about him. Right? No, you're not. Really you're like not. And, and, and look, no one said bad things about anybody. Yeah. But yeah, but no, no one said anything bad about Barry. And even all the stuff I say about Barry, if it's construed negative, look, those are just my experiences. Yeah. I love Barry. I, I, I do. If he asked me to do a favor for him tomorrow, hey, Papa, I got a fucking DVD I'm putting together yeah. with you. I'd be there in a fucking heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. I get a kick out of the guy. Just look, I'm just at a different place in my life and I do different things. And I don't think you did. I, I listened to Barry's podcast. Not all of them, but he's a yeah. great, he is a good interviewer. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he really is. And, you know, so, you know, basically, get, basically so what happened was I, 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 was, I remember going to this therapy session and I said that. And he goes, let's talk about that. And I go, all right. And so we got into it and we talked about, we talked about like why I became the way that I became and what happened to me. And he goes, I want you to write an email to everyone you know. And I go, oh, God. And he goes, I want you to call it. I used to be awesome because that's how you feel. And he goes, and I want you to let everyone know that you that, that you're validating your feelings that you used to you feel like you were a good person one time, and you became whatever you became, and you're very sorry because you cannot write this email if you're not going to apologize, and you cannot write this email if you're not willing at the end to go. If there's one thing about me that you could change, what would it be? 
And so I wrote this to everyone, Bert, and I've never gotten more replies quicker. Everybody had an opinion on what I need to change. But there was a, there were motifs. There were certain ones that just lined up. There were ones that a lot of it was like you only reach out when you need something. You know what I mean? Um, you know, which is the opposite of what Joey became. Like, you know what I mean? Like you said, yeah. Joey just became a friend. So I was guilty of being the very thing that you said that you were appreciative about Joey. Like I was the opposite. I was like, I was the guy like, well, we can get breakfast, but you know, you got a spot for me on your show. Like just, I was like, I was very selfish for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know how I got there because I was not raised that way and I wasn't that way. This city can turn you that. Eight years I spent in this town not being that guy. And then all of a sudden I just was that guy. It was, it was very weird. Um, but, um, I uh, so I wrote the email and all these people are back. So I just wrote a script and it's all about um, every episode. Uh, it's kind of like my name is Earl in the sense that I'm repairing my life, you know, and going to one person at a time. But instead of it being like, oh, one time I, you know, my name is Earl is more goofy and like you know, it's very silly things that he scenarios he got himself in. This is more grounded, more real, more like just relationships that I fucked up. And every episode is going to be me opening up, you know, reading one of these emails saying, oh. Well, this is Bert. Bert was a friend of mine many years ago, and this is what I did to him. Yeah. And this is how Bert feels I need to change. And you know, today I'm going to go pay Bert a, Bert a visit. And then everybody kind of becomes a character in my universe after they've been introduced in an episode, and it's all about me you know, becoming a better person. So. Okay, I'm going to play a game with you. I'm going to see if you can name all your credits. Let's see. All my oh, credits? No. Oh, God. Fuck, you have a lot of goddamn credits. Are you on IMDb? Yeah. Yeah, dude, I've been I've been working for a long okay, time. Okay, okay, don't think about it. Now, <laughs> see if you can name as many credits as you can. Okay? And, and how long? Let's see if you can go let's see if you can go start with your first credit. Your first credit was on IMDb? Yeah. Oh no, yeah, yeah. Uh, it might have been that MTV show. Oh my god, I don't even know the name of it. It was an MTV show where it was a prank show where oh my god. Okay. What does it start with? Into the woods. In the woods. Oh, in the. Oh my God! That was an extra, an uncredited extra in a Michigan film that was shot in Michigan that never got released. Okay. Anywhere. Better yet, let's do this. I'll name a fucking credit, and you just give me one word, one word answers. Okay. Like you just say one first word that pops into your mind when I tell you that. Oh my God. Or okay. like, or like first phrase. You know, like, okay. uh, like uh, Scarlett Johansson's tits or whatever. Oh, okay. Like whatever. Okay. Ready? Flipped. Hi. I was high why why I shot that. Hector. Never released. <laughs> Van Wilder. You were in Van Wilder? Yeah. Are you shitting me? Yeah. How funny is that? Van Wilder. Yeah. Oh man. Lucky. Okay. The director loved me and he and he ended up giving me a featured spot and that started a lot of <laughs> Walt Becker. Me. Walt's a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Rules of Attraction. Nasty. Do you know who's in Rules of Attraction that is a that I was friends with? Who? Uh who's the fucking lead? Ian. Ian Sommerhalder? Yeah. Great dude. Um, scare Tactics. Evil. Stuck that on- show is so fucked up. Really? That, dude, it's it's punked, but with real people, and it's all about scaring the living sh- I can't believe insurance. Like, I couldn't get any prank signed. You you should see the list of pranks that were turned on by Comedy Central. Like, you can't, really? What if you gave someone a heart attack? Like, just crazy. Like, you know, what if someone flipped out and pulled a knife on you? That show is all about bringing people to the brink of like fucking like I can't losing believe- their shit. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, stuck on you. Family, like, dude. Being on that set was like being on a. It was a family barbecue. The Fairley brothers are tied with Henry Winkler as the nicest men in Hollywood. Nice. Days like these. 
Adventurous. It was a short film. It was one of the best times of my life. One of the greatest errors of my life. Con. Hard. Completely hard to pull off. Really? Very thankful, but very hard to pull off. Lawsuits galore. Got canceled. Ratings were fine. Got canceled because of how hard it was. Smart card. Interesting. It's a really good short film. Uh, The Island. Cut out. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Yeah. Did you get to meet Scarlett Johansson? Yeah, I played her husband. Did you kiss her? Yep. Are you shitting me? Nope. Is she tall? She, not really. She is she as hot in person as oh, she's a gem. Uh, waiting. One of the most fun fucking times we shot that in New Orleans during Mardi Gras. Are you so serious? like it was like set call uh, call time seven a.m. Shoot till way late at night. Go straight to Mardi Gras party all night. Go straight back to set. Accepted. Disappointed. Not into what it was a great Justin movie. Justin Long. I was up for Justin's role and Justin got it, and then I got a smaller part of the movie. That's <laughs> actually a motif in my life. Justin and he's a really nice guy, and I'm not. I have nothing bad to say about him. He has beat me so many times. Like yeah. waiting, I was up for I auditioned for his part, didn't get it. Ended up getting a small part. Accept it. Uh, audition for the lead, didn't get it. Got a small part. Directors always go. God, he's so funny. He's just not the lead of this movie. I still want a minute though. Here's a part. Wow, Skyler's Revolution. Oh. Uh, Smiles, yeah. I got all my friends on that show. All my friends, I got everybody on that show. Wait, what's for your consideration? Uh, Christopher Guest movie. Oh yeah, How lucky, was that? lucky to be invited into a crew like that. All right, we're gonna try to find. Jesus Christ, Skyler, you aren't lost. Yeah, shut the fuck up. Yeah, mind blowing, dude. Going to Hawaii, that was amazing. What did you? What? Did you, who did you play on Lost? I was an EMT. I saved John Locke's life in the fifth to last episode. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Okay. God, you were in Hostel? Hostel 3. Yeah. Nasty. Raising oh, Hope? I, I've heard of that show. Raising Hope? Yeah, I've done like seven episodes of that. Castle. Walking with Dinosaurs. Walking with Dinosaurs. Coming out December 20th. 3D and IMAX, baby. I'll get to see that with my kids and go. Mind-blowing animation. James Cameron's comedy to the animation. Uh, Justin Long is a voice in it. Were you originally um, up for the patchy part? No, 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 no. But that'd be funny. Um, <laughs> uh, Justin Long is uh, the the lead. He's the uh, he's patchy. He's a packy rhinosaur. Uh, it's a di- he's like the little engine that could. He's he's the little little guy that becomes a hero. I'm his older, you know, slightly evil douchebaggy alpha male brother named Scowler, <laughs> Skyler playing Scowler, and then a uh, John Leguizamo is the uh, the prehistoric bird who narrates the whole movie. Uh, and then there's a girl named I think her name's Tira Sarkar. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. She's uh, the she's the Indian gal from uh, the internship uh, with Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, and she's uh, his love interest. Jesus Christ, man! You've been in a lot of fucking movies. Yeah, it's fucking insane. I never I I always always thought you were like oh he's got like a couple credits. He's been in like Con and let's see how many. So you have 48 actor roles. Let's see Bert. Let's see how many I have. Bert, is that and it just just you probably like a have a lot of self comic? roles though because you you've played yourself a lot you've hosted a lot and I have, let's see, I don't even have an IMDb. That back there. What? Oh, sunflower seeds. I was hoping it was beef jerky. Um, Bert Kreischer. Uh, I love your man cave by the way, dude. I'm coming over here and we're gonna watch a movie together, dude. You should come over more often and we'll do fucking like and we'll just full filmography. Yeah, you. Oh God, man. Yeah, I've got. 26 for myself. That's um, a lot. It's all, yeah. I guess I'm, I kind of got the gig hosting and then five actors. You were on Letterman? Yeah. Oh, yeah. As a couch guest? Yeah. Or stand-up? Panel. Shut up. Yeah. Was that fun? Oh, it was fucking What's amazing. What's he like? 
Dude, it was one of the coolest experiences of my life. Um, Justin Stengel, Justin Eric Stengel are uh, are the were I think were I think they're in a deal now at Worldwide Pants, but they were the um, the sh- heads of the executive producers and the head writers of the show. They kind of ran the show, and and I met Justin through my buddy Cowhead, and Justin was like, I think you're great. I'd love to get you on the show. And he's like, you're really funny. I think Dave would love you. I was like, great. He's like, let's find a time. So we found a time, and Bert the Conqueror <laughs> had just been canceled, mm-hmm. and uh, and they were like, we want to have you on for Bert the Conqueror. And I was like, oh, I'll promote it, but it's not, I mean, yeah. So I went on, and then we got there, and then all those writers were like, I want to hear the machine. They they were big fans of Rogan, mm-hmm. and they were like, I want to hear the machine story. I want to hear, like, can you tell the machine story to Dave? Can you tell this story? Can you tell the Tracy Morgan story? Can you tell all these stories? And I was like, I was like, I was like, yeah, I'd love to, but I think they're too long. And they're like, they're like, all right. So we got these like four questions. They're like, you got a minute and a half. It's, uh, the interview with what's his name went long, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, and. They're like minute and a half, two minutes tops. So your answers need to be fun. Just have a good time. We did seven and a half minutes, and uh, and it was bizarre. You walk out and you assume that um, you walk out and it's freezing, but it's pitch black, and so you hear the audience applauding, and you want to acknowledge them. I'm always fascinated at how people acknowledge acknowledge audiences when they walk out. Yeah, because the your genuine reaction is to do something funny. I saw John Mulaney randomly on Pete Holmes' show and he did like firing guns at the audience like mm-hmm. bam 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 and I was like that's so odd because I know that feeling and you do feel uncomfortable you don't know how to react to them applauding they don't really know who you are yeah. so I wanted to wave but I was like I'm not going to wave they don't know who I am and then you sit down and you want to look because you've seen people do it you want to look over to Paul and be like hey Paul but I don't know Paul so I'm never going to say hi to him yeah. like, I, like so and you, you want to you want the, the liberties that Bruce Willis has right of, hey I know you love me Paul stop we, and we, wave to the we audience we got a glass of wine together yeah but you haven't but you haven't earned them you haven't done them so I just walked out sat down and just started talking and we got along very well and, uh, and I made him laugh which was bizarre to hear David Letterman laugh and be sitting across from him going, I'm making David Letterman laugh. And then Justin uh, came over, grabbed my cue cards, shoved them in my backpack and was like, take these. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, and who was the other guest before you? Shia LaBeouf. Oh, nice. Did he sit next to you? Did he leave? No, he left. He left. I always find that funny. Like, 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 like sometimes someone stays and sometimes they don't. And you have to wonder like, it's got to be a combination of a either like sometimes they just absolutely probably can't stay. They've got to yeah. get to the next talk show. They're promoting a movie. You know, press week is crazy. You know, but sometimes you have to wonder if they're like, who's next? Oh, it's just Skylar Stone. Oh, yeah. oh, I don't know. I mean, if it was like a fucking singer, maybe like you know, yeah. they're like, I'm not gonna sit next to that guy. No idea who he is. Vince Vaughn's Letterman from like 2000 and I want to say 2002, 2003 mm-hmm. was maybe the best Letterman I've ever seen. Oh wow, really? It is so good. It it is. And I remember that's my, him at his peak, right there. My dude. my manager Vince uh, Vincent Nastri took me over to my house and he's like, "You need to watch this. This is how you need to do Letterman." If what was he Letterman. promoting? I don't even fucking know. I think Clay Pigeons. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, first of all, the most underrated comedy that's ever been made, and this is a scientific fact. It's not an opinion. Is Made. Made is my favorite movie ever. It's it's Made is my favorite movie ever, and the only thing better than Made are the outtakes on Made. Thousand percent. Not the even outtakes on Made are fucking. All right, that's what we're doing. We're getting high and we're gonna watch Made in this room. Oh, I, in a heartbeat, it's going down. John, I'll, I should get burned. Get uh to get fucking come over and we'll have Vince Vaughn come over and we'll all watch Made. I guess probably people will do that. I would do it, but yeah. man, I fucking love Made. That is one of my favorite. How much he likes me now that he knows me and Owen aren't friends, but yeah. <laughs> oh, Owen, 
Yeah. And by the way, I love Owen. Every, no one's talking shit, and please don't try to spread negativity anyone, anyone's way. Not Owen Wilson. I mean, I love Owen Wilson, too. I just don't know him. But I yeah. love Owen Benjamin. He's a, but I, Al, Owen Benjamin is one of the most talented comedians that will ever walk the face of the earth. And he really is naturally very, funny on that very show. naturally funny. Not that he's a fantastic he, performer, and yeah. I don't want people to not like him. We just won't be friends with him because it didn't work, and that's it. it yeah, that's very fair broke. to say. Yeah, and, and I'm sure he would say probably the same, same thing. thing. I yeah. guarantee you, he is counting his blessings that we're no longer friends. I promise you. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not saying I'm. A, I, I ain't no fucking easy easy cow either. So. You know. I hope to <laughs> I hope to God Owen's listening to this and he's like in his car going, ah, yeah, I'll, That's I'll, actually I'll really true. That. I just told somebody the other day. I'm like really glad Scott was on I agree group. with that. Yeah, I don't have very many people I'm not yeah. friends with, but whatever. Uh, Steve Burnout was someone I used to fucking party with all the time. I miss hanging out with that guy. Yeah. We fucking yeah, we used to get down. We used to fucking have a good time. But uh all right, I gotta go get fucking recital dresses for the girls. If they're still here, they might have left me. Um you're right around the street, man. If you're Steve. if you ever text me I hang out in this man cave until fucking midnight every night. If you're ever fucking bored oh, and you want to just come over now to the podcast. Now that I know, I'm going to partake. Yeah, man, please. I would yeah. love that. I would love that. So uh, what do you? the only thing to promote is Walking with Dinosaurs. I really want to promote that. Yeah, December, December 20th. 20th. Uh, it's going to be everywhere. Um, now, when I say this, I'm, I, this is not something the PR department told me to say. But when I say this, I actually mean it because I've seen, the, I've seen it. The footage is so cool. It's not just for kids. Literally, I could see... You know, like just stoners get into something like The Hobbit or they get into like, you know, yeah. following Dave Matthews around the country or whatever. Like stoners just glom onto something. I could see. And when I say stoners, you don't have to be a stoner. It, that just means it's cool. I like I, it's so cool that I feel like stoners can be like, dude, let's go see Walking with Dinosaurs. Yeah. It's a cool movie. There's humor in it. A lot of great minds made it. Uh, the writer of Ice Age 2, the writer of Ice Age 3, the director of... Uh, Albert and the Chipmunks and Muppets in Space and uh, Garfield with Bill Murray. You know, there's some really good uh, auspices behind it. Fox Animation does a really good job with animated movies. I'm very hesitant to call it an animated movie because it's not like Ice Age. It's not like Lion King. It's not 2D animation. It's not like Pixar. It's not 3D animation. It's like photorealistic. You literally are going to feel like you're watching a documentary on dinosaurs. It's marching the penguins but the dinosaur version, it really feels like you're walking next to dinosaurs. Hey, any movie I can see with my kids is a movie I will go see. And we put enough adult humor in it that you're going to like some of the jokes. Well, we I make. assume if it's you, John Leguizamo, and Justin Long, yeah. there's going to be parts of your personalities in there that I'm going to enjoy. You're gonna we just, saw, we just saw Frozen, and we fucking loved it. Did you see the trailer for Walking Dinosaurs before Frozen? Or did you walk in late? Because it should have been on there. Oh, shit, I bet I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody, I've been getting tweets all weekend saying, dude, I saw Frozen. You know, I mean, and that movie broke records, dude. I have anxiety attacks when I go to El Capitan. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that place freaks me out. Every well, time I go intense. in there, I fucking freak out. It's not a movie. Out. It's like, there are characters performing. They're fucking, they did they ice things. sculptures. Yeah, it's crazy. It was fucking insane. Yeah. Um, someone texted me the other day. Oh, Larson texted me. He was like, my friend saw, Sol- uh, saw Frozen and said, there's no ice sculptures in there. I was like, uh, I was at the El Capitan. Who's who's who said this? Larson, Jay Larson. Oh, I love Larson. And he was like, he was like, my guys, boys. Yeah, yeah. He was on the podcast the other day. I nice. fucking love Larson. He's the fucking best. You know what I love about Larson? Larson has. You know, you know what I love about Larson is not only is the podcast great. We just sat and fucking gossip for like fucking an hour after that. That's like so he funny. was the fuck. He's the fucking greatest. He's just we're very similar people. He's so much fun, and one of the things I like about him, he's been an influence on me without him even knowing that he has. Probably he. I think in the last couple of years, he must have just kind of had the, you know, when you watch Office Space, you're like, God, if I could ever just be as free as Ron Livingston's character. I mean, the yeah. day that he figures out, I don't give a shit. 
I'm just going to fucking do what I want and yeah. say what I want. Like, I love movies like that. Jerry Maguire, Office Space, Fight Club. I like movies where men unlock this new thing in them where they're like, I'm just going to fucking be me. Yeah. And Larson in the last couple of years had one of those oh shit unlock moments because when you talk to him, he inspires me. I'll talk to him and he'll be like, I'm like, um, I go, oh, I did just on Laugh Stub that you're, Laugh uh, that you're going to, you're in part of the Arsenio Hall showcase next week. Congrats, dude. He's like, no, I actually just told them I'm not doing it. I go, why? He goes, I don't know. You know, I just need to focus right now. I, I don't really see how doing Arsenio, like that, I don't know if that's fitting into my career right now. There's nothing wrong with that show. I love, There's nothing wrong with yeah. doing it. He's like, I'm focused on, you know, I need to focus on my wife right now. I'm focused on the script I'm writing and I'm trying to focus on my next Conan set, which I'm, which he did last night, by the or the other night. You know, so that's already in motion. I just don't need one other a piece in my pocket. Yeah. Most comics would just, they'll, know, they'll never say no to anything. Yeah. Like, what, what do you need me to do? I need to drive all the way to Santa Clarita for five-minute set where I'm getting paid in a steak dinner like okay yeah. I'll do it like he's like in this zone where like it, like he's even like oh yeah the other day I just turned out a commercial edition looked at the fucking specs didn't look like something I'm gonna book looks like it's gonna be a huge waste of my time they wanted a weird outfit I wasn't down with it didn't want to yeah. get the outfit together didn't want to show up there it wasn't a good day for me I stayed home and I wrote that's what I did you know, like he's just kind of in this fucking Ron Livingston and office space phase yeah. where he's just talking to me about all the shit he's turning down and things are happening for him dude yeah. he just did Conan for a second time I think he I think he sold a script or something he's willing to tell someone to go fuck themselves like that yeah I love it and I really like that about him because I am that guy but just like I lost my niceness in 08 and 09 and my, my awesomeness and I, and I need to kind of recapture that I have I for a while I turned into this guy that didn't say no to anything out of fear of like oh, well, what if that's the thing that I've never that, said no to anything you know it's a big mistake <laughs> well I started to you know because I you know just part of it is instinct and part of it is reality and part of it is like Jade just very much like yeah what do you really need to go do that fucking commercial you should be focused on your clean set right now and get on a fucking late night like I mean, Larson's really a point. fucking genius yeah he's a, I, I told him I love the stories he's telling on late night I love I, that he's doing one joke I love it because I do a lot of those I like I like telling long stories I wish they only had 12 minute stand up segments so I could tell some of mine <laughs> yeah all <laughs> right. my stories are so fucking long winded yeah I know alright uh, Skyler Stone the movie is Walking with Dinosaurs December 20th December 20th 3D and IMAX follow him on Twitter at the Skyler Stone at the Skyler Stone thank you so much This episode was brought to you by The Machine.